deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, Cece. And I'm Liz. Ooh, I nearly said Cece there. Like mm. thinking about pizza, maybe. Cece sure. pizza, but I'm I'm Z C. Yeah. When I when I go on my little Shriekcast like name searching stuff to like retweet or fave comments about the show, mm-hmm. every now and then I'll find like a really fun new spelling. Sure. And uh, there's some good. Uh, for one, I I like the the ones that go like letter Z, letter C. I'm kind of a big fan of those. Yeah, uh, I think that's really stylish and cool. That's that's like if I was in a band. I think that would be mm-hmm. how I would style it. Maybe. Absolutely. Um, have you gotten any? I guess I guess Liz is an easy like that's that one's a little harder to invent a new way to spell. Yeah, I can't really even think of a different way to stylize that. You could do two Z's. That's true. Three Z. I mean, uh, this is yeah, four Z's. You know, lots of Z's. That that's all the permutations. That's I think. really about as as yeah. There's not... <laughs> <laughs> you like you can't really swap out any of the vowels. But you know, it's in, it's infinite for sure. <laughs> but yeah, but Liz Liz is forever. You can put as many Z's on there as you like. Right. So I guess I guess that's that. But uh, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Are you are you tired of being a soothsayer yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad about the specific prediction that came true this week. Mm. Um, Which one? Tom Felton, say it ain't so. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. I don't think he, he knows. He doesn't know anything. He is a little <laughs> baby. <laughs> we've, we've been joking about Tom Felton being one of the celebs they'd get to do the Wizarding World readings, which have returned now. Uh-huh. Um, uh, there's a few say it ain't so. Is honestly like Matt. What's going on with um with Neville, uh, with Matthew Lewis? What's what's he up to? But, but I think the answer is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing. All he does is play The Last of Us. All he does is like post about The Last of Us, posting screenshots, posting videos, talking about streams. He really likes that game. Did he? So he liked it. He he like seems the new one. Yeah, he seems well. I okay. I have, and maybe Matthew Lewis would be a more honest poster because it seems like his acting career is mostly like he—he's. I think he's resting on his laurels, perhaps. Yeah. Um. So maybe he'd be a bit more honest. But like, I love reading celebrity like gamer tweets or like celebrity movie tweets whenever there's like a new thing out, mm-hmm. because none of them will ever say anything remotely critical. Because that's that's like it's a job opportunity. You're not gonna say you're you're not you're not gonna say anything. Sure. Um, but I think he does genuinely seem to love to love the new Last of Us game. I think there is also maybe maybe we're a little out of touch with the mainstream gamers that probably go on go on down to the local Best Buy, purchase the latest AAA yeah. video game, and play it, and yeah. go that was good. That was good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like ninety percent of people. Yeah. <laughs> so we we might be in a little bit of a bubble, perhaps. Yes, yes, yes. But good for good for him. He's enjoying it. Has not said anything about J.K. Rowling and appeared in a video. So doing my thinking emoji on that one. 
Um, especially because he loves to tweet about Paul. He he loved to tweet about politics until J.K. Rowling started. Like what kind of politics? Oh, he. I mean, like, like honestly, like he seems like. I mean, he he's he's a he's a lib, right? So he's sure, but he so he's hitting he's hitting all the. You know, he loves to to own Trump. I'm pretty sure Mm. he's one of the people who tweets 45 instead of Trump. Um, he doesn't like Boris Johnson, which I mean, I mean, you know, he's he's got all the basic. He's got the basic liberal starter pack, right? Mm-hmm. Which I mean, like, like I, I, I kid, but like at least he has that, right? You know, not, not the best, not ideal, but, but you know, could be worse. Um, but like, you look at his timeline, and it basically just—he basically just like stopped being political as soon as J.K. Rowling wouldn't stop shutting up, mm. uh, um, or, or, or wouldn't shut up rather. Um, so I think, I think he knows. I think he's aware. Um, I think he's more aware than, than, than Mr. Felton, probably. Tom Felton wakes up every morning to a new, a new world. He has to learn everything all over again <laughs> every day. Um, so, so I wouldn't uh, put too much stock in, did, in really anything he does. Did you, did you see? So he, he's in the latest Wizarding World chapter video, and uh-huh. and it's like a whole Malfoy family reunion because it's him. Yeah, also say it ain't so, Jason Isaacs. He's in there too. Um, yeah, but what a great profile picture he has. Oh, he's yeah. I Jason, please, please. Um, <laughs> um, but he so he appeared, and uh, so did Helen McCrory, who is who is Narcissa. So it was like a whole Malfoy family reunion. But the best part of it is like. Jason Isaacs and and Helen seem to have fairly decent webcams mm. and also like chose spots in their house where like the echo wouldn't be so bad. Uh-huh. Uh Tom Felton appears to be recording on like what it, like it, it looks like he's recording on like a webcam from like the late to, the early 2000s I would say. Sure. Um and also Appears to be outside, also standing in a corner. That is so, so Tom Felton. <laughs> so it is just, it is like inaudible, especially compared to like, you know, Jason Isaacs, <laughs> he's got some nice bass on his voice. Like there's right. a little bit of kitchen echo, but it's, it's you know, it's, it sounds fine. But then Tom, it's just like, he's... <laughs> He sounds like he's calling from, you know, he's like calling in the middle of a storm report or something on the news. Like he's, he's not... He did not uh, put, uh, well, you know, maybe he, I was about to say he didn't put much effort into it, but, you know, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he was like, I need to appear as folksy as possible. I'm going to go right right in the corner of of (laughs) this, what appears to be my outdoor deck. Uh Uh-huh. That's wonderful. Yeah. So that's, that's the silver lining on this otherwise depressing piece of uh, fortune telling that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, suggesting that Tom Tom would be would be among the new readers. I'm so curious. I did did they know? They had to. I like. I can't. I don't want to make excuses for them. You know. Sure. But but like, how st- stupid do you have to be? Or 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 just you know? I guess is how how. How earnestly bought into these bad opinions do you have to be? But uh, but yeah, that's that's. Uh... I feel like the level of celebrity that they've been getting for these, mm. I am sure that there is a PR math problem you can do where yeah. they are just like it. Literally doesn't matter. Yeah, Jason Isaacs feels like the biggest get here. 
Tom Felton, we know, lives in the woods. Um, I don't know. Has Helen McCrory been, 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 been in much recently? I actually do not know. Let, let me take a look. Uh, she was in Skyfall. She was in, she's in Peaky Blinders. She's in something called Mother, Father, Son. One word. I've never heard of that. Okay, so she's, st she's still acting. Yeah, uh, I just think that these, they brought out the, the medium, the medium hitters for this that probably aren't, this isn't going to make or break anything yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah, Um also, because nobody knows about this thing. They get, like, 12 retweets. Yeah, no one cares. That is the funniest part. Like, when we discovered that these weren't even on YouTube, so you can't see how many views they get. I mean, like, we, we know there, there, there is certainly a diehard contingent of people who are really excited for them. There were, <laughs> there were all those people tweeting during the hiatus, like, where is, where is chapter 12? My children are attacking me with knives, demanding... Mm -hmm. demanding that I hear that I give them the next chapter of this thing. Right. But I don't think, I don't think there's like, there's certainly none of them have gone viral. Right. Like, like not even in like a negative way, you know, like when the celebs got together to sing, um, imagine, right. You know, a lot of people were making fun of it, but that like, that like did numbers. Uh, none of these chapter readings have really like gotten in front of a mass audience. I don't think. Yeah, and I guess they're on Spotify, so you know whatever. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I don't think these are making a huge splash one way or the other. I have a theory, mm. and I it's that the two weeks, three weeks that they took off of these things, they were waiting to see, like, you know, were, were things going to blow over. Yeah. And I think that at the point where they got all of these actors to record them, it probably seemed like it had, or at mm. least it had blown over enough. But like, J.K. Rowling stepped in it basically immediately after the Matthew Lewis one was posted mm -hmm. and just has not stopped since then. Um,. I don't like. I don't feel like it's worth getting into the specifics this time around, just because I'm sure everyone knows. But like, she's been uh, uh, appearing a lot lately. Let's say, yeah, talking talking a lot of mess online mm -hmm. uh, and endorsing some earnestly. Like, even for her, I think it, like she's she's ratcheting up the nastiness. I think in the terms of things, the kind of things that she's endorsing and talking about. Uh huh. Um, yeah, she's in it. She's in it. She's fully bought. I mean, like she always has been, but just like the, in terms of like the saying the quiet part loud, mm -hmm. like she's just like yelling it at this point, um, right? Um, I, I, I guess she has no reason not to, from her perspective at this point. But like, it is definitely eye opening the kind of rhetoric that she is like pushing now. Like she's no longer trying to couch it in the like, um. Uh, the, like we, you know, we we we've talked a lot about how how a lot of turf rhetoric is like wrapped up in this nice sounding, vague liberal feminist rapper, right? And and like mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to it's easy to like hoodwink people. You know, I'm I'm sure that's what happened with the Stephen King thing, right? Um, sure. And then now she's not even pretending. She's not even giving it that veneer anymore, which has just kind of led to more and more controversy. Um, I 
I I don't know. Like I'm I'm just I'm I'm so curious. Like where does this stop, or does it stop? And who who around her is going to be the first to make an actual material decision that will affect you know anything? You know. Yeah, I guess we'll see. My my instinct is is that the brands are going to to try to extract her. Yeah. Out of being like public facing, mm-hmm. I guess, in like con- connected to those brands. Um, but she already kind of isn't, right? Like, I-, I know that they did a big marketing thing with Fantastic Beasts where it was like, oh, J.K. Rowling write- wrote the screenplay, and they'll probably back off of that stuff, yeah. but I'm sure that they'll still um, just put out products and just maybe not talk about her yeah. as much i think that's sort of the tack that the wizarding world account has taken specifically and like like the mm-hmm. wizard the public facing like wizarding world brand seems to be continuing on without mentioning that they're like an author exists right um i think that that gets a lot harder when movie time rolls around mm-hmm. uh, and that'll be more interesting to see also <laughs> this is the thing i really wanted to talk about um uh, the Harper's Magazine letter. Uh, yeah. So, so have you? I I, I assume you you saw it, right? Like the 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 the. Oh, of course. Yeah. Also, the- it is somehow somehow the longest lived push Twitter moment that I have ever seen oh, in really? my life. I don't. I swear to God, like all of my like the Twitter moments like update. Mm. Um, you know. A, like a couple times a day, like two or three times a day. And usually it pushes even big stories off of the stupid little sidebar. Mm-hmm. And I swear this has just been every single day. It wants me to read about this thing again. <laughs> well, cause it's, it's just so interesting. They no, have, thank you. <laughs> they have such a good point. No, thank you. I'm not interested. It is so boring to me. It I don't so, care. So I, I, I know that I said that like what JK Rowling has been doing is like, you know, she she is she has stripped away the like false pretense of of liberal feminism and and has like just fo- leaned full in on like like nasty, uh, uh, like just just turf rhetoric, uh, mm-hmm. open open and free. However, this thing, the Harper's Magazine letter, what is so great about this thing is it's only three paragraphs long and it says literally nothing. It yeah. is it it is the least. It, like the, the the actual content of this thing could be boiled down to please stop being mean to us on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, which is like that's already really funny. But the, the, it, it you know it says like oh we are paying the price for in greater risk aversion among writers, artists, and journalists who fear for their livelihoods if they depart from the consensus or even lack sufficient zeal and arg- in agreement. And then you like look at who signed it and it's like J.K. Rowling. Uh, David Brooks, David Frum, which first of all, when you're, when you are in the same, like, you know, when, when you're in, when you're sharing space with David Frum, like one of the architects of the Iraq war, like, you know, you're in good company. Uh, Fareed Zakaria, like, like, oh yeah, all these people who have no career, these people who have been chased out of the, uh, um, the discourse, by people telling them to shut the fuck up on Twitter. Of course, these people who have been stripped of, of a platform finally speaking up. It's so funny to me. 
I want to talk to the genius intern that like knew that Noam Chomsky has always been an extremely literalist anti-censorship guy and was yeah. like, I know who we can get. <laughs> I mean, like, you saw that picture, you saw that picture of Noam recently from the like the interview where he just looked like King Theoden from Two Towers, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. I swear he is under he is under someone's thrall at this point. Like <laughs> Steven Pinker and, and Malcolm Gladwell are on here. Like, <laughs> uh, Matty Glacius is on here. Like, Barry Wise, just like all, some of just the most annoying people. Th the thing about this letter that's so funny is like, like you say, like, like Noam Chomsky agrees with this <laughs> in in like broad strokes, right? And like, yes, it would be. It, it, I mean, of course he does. Yeah, yeah, of course he does. And I think it's like, yeah, I guess I would too if what they were talking about was real or was happening, and this wasn't a bunch of people who are who do shape the conversation. That's their job. These are all pundits. I mean, personally, if I was a millionaire billionaire and someone approached me to sign a very non-specific two-paragraph letter, I would, I would maybe have some questions. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does this do? What are you talking about? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I also love, again, these these are all people whose, like, job it is is to, like, give their opinion for the most part. Like, like David Brooks is a columnist. Like, like, you know, these are writers and, and performers and, and columnists. If someone tells you to shut the fuck up, like, how can you not handle that yet? That's your job is to, like, say your opinion and have people react to it. Like, are you upset that people don't, don't agree with everything you say? I thought that was what this letter was about, was being, it being okay to disagree with things. What, it, what's going on? <sighs> it's so stupid. I, it's just, it's. I, I can't I can't engage with this. Like I can't no. engage with this like non-specific cancel culture Rorschach test that yeah. like of of course it does it's it doesn't mean anything, yeah. you know? Um but but this the fallout from this has been has been very funny. It's been very sure. it's been fucking hilarious. Did you so the reason I I I I brought this up is have you seen like the follow-up with this where like a few of the people who signed it were like, "Oh, I didn't know I didn't know what this was for, which is very funny. I love to sign something when I don't know what it's for. Yeah, that's most that <laughs> of those questions I was referring to. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love signing stuff. I, and and so uh, I'll back up here. Jennifer Finney Boylan, uh, uh, one of the signees on this thing, tweeted, "I." Did not know who else signed that letter. I thought I was endorsing a well-meaning, if vague, message against internet shaming. I did mm. know that Noam Chomsky, Gloria Steinem, and Atwood were in, and I thought I was in good company. The consequences are mine to bear. I'm so sorry. Which, like, uh, I guess apology accepted, but why? Why were you stupid enough to sign that in the first place? <sighs> did whoever, like, masterminded this make, like, a, um, like a list of people and then break them out into groups yes. so that when they approached people to be like, oh, who else is signing this? Yes. They said like, oh, Noam Chomsky. Totally. Oh, J.K. Rowling. That's, wow. That 1,000%. Because you, so, you have, you know, like you have Noam Chomsky, uh, you have uh, 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 Gloria Steinem on here, right? You have like Jeet uh, here, like people who are like nominally in like the leftist discourse. So you can tell, tell other people who like them, like, Oh, Hey, they, they've signed this. You've got 
all you've got the the rogues gallery of every dipshit New York Times centrist columnist in here. Uh, you've got uh, you know, like I said, Matt Iglesias is in here. Uh, David Frum is in here, and then and then you've got like <laughs> some of the you know some some of the the right wing freaks in here and t- too. So it's like it's kind of genius, I guess. Um, What's the game? <laughs> Like what? Like I, I feel like people are just gonna forget about this immediately. Um, well, yeah, because it's nothing. If Twitter stops pushing it to me in my <laughs> in my moments, um, but what's the like? What's what's the end game? Um, I guess it got. Me, I, I, I. Here's my theory. I think it's to uh-huh. get people to recognize that Harper's Magazine is different from Harper's Bazaar. Because whenever mm. when everyone was saying, "Oh, there's some there's a dumb thing in Harper's," I was like, "Oh, Harper's Bazaar," and I like <laughs> I like went to Harper's Bazaar site and couldn't see anything, and I was like, "Oh, I guess I I guess I can't find it," and then I found it. It was Harper's Magazine. Maybe that's mm. what it is. It's a it's a a marketing thing to be like, "Hey, Harper's Magazine, we exist. We're real." Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, if that's like bullet point one goal, and then number two is is like to annoy me specifically, yeah. they've they've succeeded. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, I um, everyone on here exists to annoy annoy me specifically. David Brooks, mm-hmm. Matt Iglesias, sure. <laughs> very wise. <laughs> All of those. Um, J.K. Rowling replied to that um, that Jennifer Finney Boylan tweet with yeah. one of her weirdest uh, like uh, yeah. dunk attempts yet. This this is a this is a a weird one even by her standards. You're still following me, Jennifer. Be sure to publicly repent of your association with Goody Rolling before unfollowing and volunteer to operate the ducking stool next time as penance. She's really loving this, like, witch hunt imagery stuff. Yeah. Like, a lot. Yeah. She really, yeah. Which, again, guess guess who also really likes that imagery? I mean, th- there's, <sighs> there was a, a, a great, you know, similar to when when uh, all of those those right wing uh, uh, alt right tweeters that I I screen capped when she first started talking about her her turf manifesto tweeted there are like multiple like you know alt right pundits who are like oh everyone who signed this letter welcome to the alt right this is our thing and I'm like J.K. Rowling there was a peer point where I was like oh this is probably going to get under her skin but I wonder if she just uh, at some point just up and changes allegiances you know like. Like, do, do we do we get like a an official like, oh, the left has gone too far. I am now, I am now. You know, she'll probably she'll make up some new, new term. Like, I'm a reasonable rightist or something. I guess I shouldn't I shouldn't be speculating on this because we're we're our batting average on predicting this shit is getting to the point where I, I don't want to uh, mm-hmm. uh, bring any more evil into the world than we already have. But still, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that. Um, like, like we said in the very beginning, like that's, that's where like this turf stuff, I mean, it's, it's the same, you yeah. know? Yep. So. Good job, everybody. Uh, that's, that's where I'll leave that, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know like where, I, I, I'm so curious where this ends up. Like if, if my news alerts right now, let me just scroll through here. Yeah, like right next to each other. My two my two newest like alerts here are from the Atlantic. Why millennial Harry Potter fans reject J.K. Rowling and then EW. Fantastic Beasts is now the world's most problematic movie franchise. 
like things are not looking great for you know like like we said last time the brand she is very sick yeah i I think you're right that we'll just see what what move anyone around her makes right her business partners and um wb publishers etc yeah Um, like we know we, we know scholastic won't do anything uh they 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 released one of the worst statements last i mean like all of the statements were just mush mouth nothing uh, uh when she released the manifesto but um you know scholastic i think scholastic has made it clear where they stand obviously hachette has um wb are really the only ones who i think and, and like I, I, I know it's so depressing to talk about it in these terms. Like, oh, they're the ones who can make a difference, right? And we're talking about these like multi-billion-dollar corporations or whatever, but like <laughs> they do hold the keys to her movie franchise, right? And, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this moves the needle for them. Like, like not again, as always, not for the right reasons, but like seeing the like pummeling that uh fantastic beast specifically takes in in the discourse whenever this stuff happens uh i'll be interested to see if they ever do anything about it and if they don't and and, and that's the other thing if they don't how they navigate it because that'll be fascinating um the fa- did we talk about the fan sites breaking with jk rowling no, oh no god so much happened this past week yeah that mm-hmm. that happened I think that happened like the day after we recorded last week's episode. Mm-hmm. MuggleNet and uh, uh, Leaky Cauldron both announced that they were no longer going to like do any partnerships with her. You know, they, they've they've done like interviews and giveaways and uh, uh, some officially like uh, endorsed like events and stuff. So they're they're breaking up with her. Um, <laughs> Emerson Sparts, our our good our good pal, our favorite dumbass <laughs> piped up to say like oh i i don't think jk rowling is transphobic i'll i'll throw my hat in here which caused a lot of confusion because i guess a lot of people thought that he still owned MuggleNet, which yeah. he, he does not and so like jk rowling's strongest vocal support came from someone who just doesn't actually own the website anymore <laughs> oh fuck i mean what i don't even know what he does now he has money i maybe yeah he made the he made that like meme aggregate website he does ted talks about being a boss of your life ceo (laughs) of me at my life um he tweets big things coming soon all the time uh i I, you know that's he's a professional professional is the way i describe it but uh yeah this is a very selfish perspective for me and i already wasn't feeling very bad but i'm glad i definitely don't have to feel bad for making fun of him now (laughs) (laughs) he fucking sucks um but yeah that's that stuff's interesting i mean it's like on the one hand it's um I'm, i'm 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 i am really glad that they did something right like like i I think we've we've talked a lot about how wishy-washy and kind of amusing it's been to like watch them try to navigate the this whole thing um the the muggle net in particular like i think you know around december of last year when jk was last like going off on one about all this stuff they like published 
one article that was like, I think it's bad that J.K. Rowling is transphobic, and like they just caused a shitstorm with some of their readers, and they like immediately deleted the article, backed off, apologized, said they weren't going to do any more politics. Um, so this mm-hmm. is good growth for them, I think, at least. Yeah, they they definitely have had some sort of um, backroom leadership struggle. So so we'll see where they end up because I know that they are definitely getting bullied online as a result of this yes yeah um and leaky cauldron i think has always been a little bit more like like like, at least marginally better about like speaking on this stuff than MuggleNet has been from what i've observed um Mm -hmm. um but this is still like a a good step for them it's just it's so (laughs) it's so weird um like watching this kind of fight unfold, you know, we, we've talked about this before, but like, I, I just don't know of any other time this kind of thing has happened. This, uh, uh, swiftly and strongly with an author who still has 100% absolute creative control over the thing that people are fans of. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like fandoms have like, symbolically broken up with creators many 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 times um that is like a you know ideological bargain that like a lot of fans of things uh make i think but like yeah this is such a this is such a like potent one i guess since jk rowling is still just like so vocal and 100 percent tied to the franchise and you know it's technically the the franchise is still ongoing it's just it's kind of fascinating yeah i wonder if she will start and i'm honestly surprised she hasn't already i wonder if she will start talking about harry potter again um Mm -hmm. as a way to try to make fans like actually make that bargain yeah like are we going to turn our backs on her when she is feeding our fandom information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I I, I think it could, could go either way just because it's like, it seems like she gives so little of a fuck anymore uh, <laughs> that like, maybe she, she won't feel like she needs to do that. On the other hand, maybe she will do that partially for the reasons you're talking about. And also because maybe, you know, she's always, used harry potter and her writing in general as like a political vehicle i do wonder if we ever get the the like shitty like like turf manifesto adjacent harry potter lore or novel or whatever i mean she's close though i don't like one thing that i don't want to do is go through her tweets because it's just like turf propaganda it's not even like really worth talking about but there is one in particular that i i i don't really remember exactly what it's about and it might be a quote tweet but she specifically um conjures up um a parallel between what she's going through and the things in harry potter and she used the Mm. like lightning bolt emoji did you see that one? <laughs> no, I did not see that. Hold oh my on. god, she tweets so fucking much. Yeah, she really it's does. It's back to the the Ichabogs. Oh, of course. I hate these Ichabogs. Her other, her other. Oh, she's also changed her header. She's changed her header again, which it, it, it appears to be a picture of her 
coming out of a cave or going into a cave. I'm not quite sure. Okay, uh, so this sucks really bad. Mm. Um, of course. So I just just fair warning. This tweet yeah, sucks yeah. ass. Um, she has screenshotted someone. She has like blurred out the name. Um, and the 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 tweet that she's screenshotting is if you're using the word mutilated or ruined to describe another woman's body, maybe consider that it isn't the best approach to helping or supporting her through a detransition. Um, JK Rowling comments on this. I couldn't agree more. We're no more our scars than we are. We are our worst fears. All a scar means is that you went through something and endured with the lightning bolt emoji. Hashtag <sighs> support detransition. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not see that one. Yeah. So that. So I mean, like again, this is her whole feed. It all sucks ass. But this yeah. is the one that evokes the imagery of Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. So we. I guess we have concrete proof that she's not. Uh, you know, above doing that. You know. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Oh, she's also got a new cover for her fucking Robert Galbraith book. How yeah. exciting! Cool. Yeah, that's the other piece of news, I suppose. Yeah. Huh. What a what a sad evil person. <laughs> not not a new or or uh original opinion, but uh oof. Uh what do you think uh just a quick sidebar, what do you think about the Robert Galbraith as the name of the Oh uh, I yeah. know we haven't talked about that, the name of the guy that did um conversion therapy. I I have so many mixed feelings on that because I I think that especially before she went off on this recent tangent. Mm-hmm. Um I th- I think that it was uh kind of a reach um because for one like Galbraith means stranger. It's it's just a cutesy um uh pen name right and yeah also i think that her real life confirmable opinions are like evil enough to like <laughs> not reach for that yeah. kind of thing you know uh-huh and i and and particularly at the time when when that was first kind of like you know rumbling around i was like well this is this guy was involved with um like male homosexual conversion therapy mm-hmm. and we know that like that's not really her beef right like like she she loves male cis homosexuals as far as i can tell so i was like yeah like probably not it, it, i sort of like filed it mentally in the same category as the um yes they should tweet screenshot that went around you know mm-hmm. where it was like the 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 ibis i i i'm I you know we'll ne- we'll never know for sure but I'm like the pretty sure I uh faked screenshot of like her quote tweeting someone's no one should live in a closet tattoo with with yes they should um, uh-huh. so I was like eh I don't know um now I'm still like I would say like I'm still pretty much eighty percent yeah I don't know but like I can see how people got there you know like seeing her tweet so much about uh the you know conversion therapy and and detransitioning and whatnot all of a sudden i'm like oh well shit maybe i I don't know what about you yeah i'm kind of in the same camp i first saw it and i was like this is just kind of a a gotcha conspiracy theory that i don't think 
like like you said, I think it would be very. She probably like googled name meanings and was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's cute." Um, and now I've become more and more suspicious over time. Yeah. Again, I don't think it really matters because her ideas are speaking for themselves. Exactly. Right? She's not hiding anything. She's yeah. saying what she thinks, and it's yeah. evil. So, like, I don't know how much of a gotcha this really is, but I have I have become more and more suspicious. Yeah. Also, because her story of where she came up with the name is also very <laughs> suspicious to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. if she had said just like I googled name meanings, I would have been like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but she's like i used it as a kid that it, and it came from nowhere although that is very her style yeah some divine inspiration i suppose yeah i was sitting on the train and all seven books downloaded <laughs> into my brain uh yeah yeah it's um yeah it's one it's it i, I think ultimately i land on it uh on the same place that i landed with that that um no one should live in a closet quote tweet thing where i'm like if it is true, it doesn't really mean anything else because she, you know, you don't have to hunt for her opinions on this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, I think it's fairly fruitless to like uh, uh, d- dig into like her, like you know, what what are her secret? Um, like, I guess, I guess to me, it's like the same as whenever you know someone is like Trump said this uh, uh arrangement of words or did this hand gesture which proves that he is like a secret nazi and i'm like well maybe but like also you can just look at everything else he's doing openly and like that's pretty bad <laughs> right that's bad enough you know like like that's um i don't know it's uh uh it's a forest for the trees kind of thing i think mm-hmm. but uh, but that being said i think it is more plausible now than i did a couple weeks ago if that makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. i I think i probably am still leaning toward it not being the case but who knows it's a coincidence that i'm sure she is not upset about yeah that's what i'll say Mm -hmm. Uh, i i I think i think that's maybe my my like you know my, my my most reasonable take on it is it's like well Probably probably isn't intentional, but she's not going to change it to avoid it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. What a... Yeah, we kind of had, like, a couple of slow weeks with news, and then, boy, it just kind of all hit this week. Uh, um, I wish it would stop hitting. Or, uh, you know what? I wish that the news was rolling in, but I wish we were getting better news. I want to see some... I want to see some movie cancellations. I want to yes. see... I want to see some, some WB doing literally anything headlines why uh, can't we manifest that i know I'm, I'm trying i'm trying my best instead i'm i can only manifest stuff related to like tom felton <laughs> that's that's a that's a um beginner level spell mm, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try casting right now and who knows i don't know i don't know if this is the kind of magic where like focusing on it more makes it less likely mm. but i'm but i'm closing my eyes i'm i'm i'm, I'm ready to cast a spell I want Tom Felton probably through Emma Watson because she's she's more plugged into this stuff. I want him to apologize for appearing in the Wizarding World video and saying, like, I'm sorry, I do not support J.K. Rowling's transphobic behavior. I'm putting that energy out into the universe. Please, Tom. Please. 
Maybe we should like scrape together the money to like have him do a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> it's so expensive. It's, yeah, it's not it, extremely not worth it to give yeah. him money for a cameo. <laughs> I also don't know, like, can, if you pay someone, I don't know how Cameo works, if, because I know that sometimes you can ask them to read specific stuff, or you can just give a generic, like, like, wish my friend a happy birthday or whatever. Can you, if I were to pay Tom Felton his, his fee, but just ask, what is your opinion on J.K. Rowling's statements on, on trans people? What would he do? I mean, I think that it's up to them to like say, yes, I'll do this or no, I won't. (laughs) No, because he had that one. (laughs) He had some cameos up and there was one where he's like, no, I don't do like paid promos or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. At least he didn't sign the Harper's letter. I I don't think anyone asked him. He definitely would have. Yeah. 100%. would have. Tom Felton would have signed the the harper's letter not knowing anything about what he would i i wonder i guess the answer is probably jk rowling but if she hadn't signed it yet and someone like went up to him and was like hey do you want to sign this letter so and so already <laughs> signed it who do you think like do they get him with noam chomsky i don't think he knows who noam chomsky is maybe Sorry he'd be like, to oh shit a, a gnome sign this yeah that, that might work <laughs> <laughs> Um, Gary Kasparov, the chess guy. Maybe he, maybe he knows that from playing chess master or something. I don't know. God, that letter is funny. It's very, yeah, the, it's stupid and the fallout from it has been hilarious and it seems to just kind of still be trickling out. So zero sympathy for everyone who signed that thing and is now having to do the like, whoops, sorry, but, um, sorry, I signed a letter that I didn't read or, th- or like ask questions about. Sorry, I'm really stupid and gullible. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll give them some credit for later apologizing about it, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. being like, oh, that was stupid, but wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it, it, like, th- this is just like, you've you've earned like permanent shit talking status for this. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, th- like, this is, I, I, this is like, I bought a bridge in Brooklyn level, yeah. like, like, gullibility uh-huh um, oh yeah but um but yeah wow long news segment this week i am dying though to oh. get into our chapter for this week well let's get into it then we read chapter nine a place to hide um there's a lot of action in this one yeah actually exciting for a page or two yeah i guess so um if we remember from last week the ministry has fallen and the Death Eaters are on their way. Um, chaos erupts at the wedding. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are, rather, Harry and Hermione are separated from Ron. And so in the chaos that happens, they are looking for him. Um, Death Eaters are apparating in. The wards around the wedding have fallen um, and everyone is screaming and, and freaking out. Um, they, they eventually do find Ron and Hermione apparates them away um, to a busy muggle street uh, in London and explains that she's prepared. She's been prepared this whole time. She like packed, um, packed everything for them in this, you know, like extendable bag that she had with her. And she has the invisibility cloak that she gives to Harry and hasn't put on. Um, and, and 
she's like, well, we needed to go somewhere crowded and conspicuous and we needed to get Harry out of there because that's who they're there for. Um, Harry kind of wants to go back because um, he's worried about the people at the wedding. But Hermione says like, no, they're after you. They'll be safer if you're not there. Um, there's a little bit of tension um, between the three of them about where they what they should do um, and where they should go because they don't really have a goal. But they end up at a um, at a diner uh, where they order some coffee um, to to figure out um, where what they should do. Um, and there are also two very burly men at the diner. Um, Hermione says that she's been practicing her talking Patronus lately off screen. So hopefully she'll be able to send a message to the order soon. Um, but it is at that moment um, that the two burly men that we noticed from earlier stand up and begin to attack. Um, there's just a short like action sequence where Harry's ready with his very cool and good at fighting instincts. Um, and, but, and they manage to knock the Death Eaters out. Also, a spell maybe bounces off of a mirror and hits the, the, wait, the one waitress that is also in the diner. Um, Harry recognizes Thorfinn something. Thorfinn Gorfindel. Thorfinn Gorfindel, um, who was the big blonde Death Eater that we remember from the climax of Half-Blood Prince. Uh, the other one is Dalahoff. I don't know how we know him, but I think we've seen him before, maybe from the Department of Mysteries. Uh, Dalahoff um, was in the trial in book four. What or was trial? Na- or was named in the trial in the pensive. Oh. Uh, it, okay. was one of the name- it was one of the names that... Um, Karkaroff gave away, I think. So uh, just another beloved character we yeah, know. Yeah, really um, important character. <laughs> um, Ron floats the idea that, like, do we have to kill them now? And Harry's like, no, we will wipe their memories. Um, and that will confuse them, and it'll get back to Voldemort, like, later than if we were to kill them. Um, so they do that. Uh, they speculate a little bit and, and worry about how the Death Eaters managed to find them. Ron... Uh, has the idea that maybe Harry, like the trace that they put on underage wizards, maybe didn't go away like it should have. And so they were tracking him by magic, uh, but they just can't figure it out. Um, they finally decide to make their move, which is to go to Grimmauld Place because they have nowhere else to go. And at least those are warded with really good wards, really good traps that only will stop, like to stop Snape from getting in. So if anyone's going to be there, it's Snape because he's the only one that knows uh, where it is. And Harry wouldn't mind fighting him anyway. So they go to Grimmauld Place um, and they they walk in and they have to contend with Moody's traps. Um, one's a tongue tie curse that doesn't work, and the other is a scary. You know, I'm gonna. I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna not say what it is. Yeah. We're gonna talk about We're, it. It doesn't this matter. This is they, so juicy. They deal with Moody's traps. Um, they it, they do not work. Um, and they're in Grimmauld Place, and they basically just have to hunker down for the night. Um, Harry has a vision of horrible anger. He can't see anything, but Voldemort is so pissed off, and Harry's like, "Ow, it hurts me." Um, uh, he kind of gets nagged by Ron and Hermione that are like, oh, I thought the connection closed. And Harry's like, yeah, it opened again. And Hermione's like, you should stop it because Dumbledore wanted you to use Occlumency. Don't you remember that Voldemort was using false memories before to trick you? Harry's like, yeah. And then he goes into the bathroom to avoid them and because the pain is so bad and has an actual vision where he sees Thorfinn 
um, who has failed in his mission, being horribly tortured by Voldemort. Um, and also, the one who's doing the torturing is Draco Malfoy, who looks upset to have to do torturing. That's the end of the chapter. Dra- Draco sewing. Haha, this rocks. Draco reaping. What the fuck? This sucks. Exactly. <laughs> this it's messed up. This chapter was so much fun. And I don't mean that because it is good or even that it is well paced. Um, but we are now fully into like relentless original bad bullshit being thrown at us. Um, which is exciting because I like the the um the chapter before the wedding was kind of like this too and that like it wasn't good but it was like very revealing of a lot of like like jk rowling's like uh, uh deal as a writer mm-hmm. and this one is equally revealing but less i i would say like on a on a less like intellectual level like like there's <laughs> less there's less analysis to do here maybe um but it is certainly revealing of like where jk rowling ended up on the whole like i want to write a spy novel i want to write an action novel thing yeah um this is this is one this is like proto casual vacancy proto uh galbraith novel grimy london crime shit Mm -hmm. um and also this is jk rowling stumbling and and like bumbling around in the dark trying to (laughs) cobble together exciting action and horror sequences out of this like world that she never really got a grasp on in terms of like setting and 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 world building and whatnot so i had i had a great time even though it fucking sucked yeah i i do think at the top here i think this is really bad like (laughs) i i think it just is a real real stinker yeah yeah I think that the the like first couple pages are like and this maybe is because I was in just such a bored stupor after all the wedding stuff that like I was kind of like oh I'm 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 excited there's stuff happening there's there's action and and suspense for a couple of pages but then sort of like when the dust settles and they apparate to Tottenham Court Road and and the book and and it like so it kind of settles into like what um what the rest of the chapter is going to be. It's so funny. I <laughs> it's it's what a this is such a weird book. I, I I I'm I'm having a hard time pulling it like the exact words to describe how I felt reading this. But it's like I wasn't bored like I was with the wedding chapter. But it was boring, right? But I, I am enjoying how boring it is because it's like I am now a level removed, and I'm just like, oh, you, this you've really fucked up trying to write a action sequence here. I think that's really interesting, and I think that um, that you're right that the wedding was boring, and this has more going on. But I was way more bored reading this than I was the wedding because because to me the wedding had like the promise of drama that it didn't deliver on. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, 
I th- I swear to God, I think it took me two hours to read this like seven page chapter just because I kept getting bored and having to like reread it. And I would just like read a couple paragraphs and walk away. Like I, I just really, I, I think overall, I know that I've been very critical of this book this whole time, but I think this is where I just really break from it, where I'm just like, I can't care about anything that's happening. Oh, I mean, like, you're not wrong. I certainly don't care about anything that's happening in this chapter, but I think that I just find it infinitely funnier than a lot of the bad chapters we've read so far. Um, just cause like the, the, the kind of stuff that she's doing in this chapter is like, it's, it's, it's really basic stuff, right? Like this is a chapter where like she fails to create an exciting chase sequence. She fails to create an exciting action sequence. She fails to create a like exciting horror sequence. It's just like blunder after blunder of like really basic genre fiction stuff in like book seven out of seven. (laughs) Like it's and and it like plays to none of her strengths. Like for you know, for as much as we love J.K. Rowling as a person now, as we like reach the end of this series, like whenever she dips into like mystery or like character drama in previous books, it's like, yeah, she knows how to spin a yarn. Here it's like, what who is this? Or like, did she like not practice? Did she not like read anything? to like prepare for this it's just i i i i'm smiling a big shit-eating grin realizing that i think this is basically what the rest of the book is and it's hilarious i used to read a lot of like like novels that are like like franchise like licensed genre fiction like star wars novels oh yeah yeah yeah. warhammer novels all of that oh yeah this just reminds me of when there would be like a space fight sequence that was written like really poorly and I didn't care and would just like skip it, you <laughs> know, because that's really the, not yeah. like why I was there. Yeah, you skip to the Jedi parts. Right. I yeah. skipped to the talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that that is if I'm if I'm in a if I'm in a book that I'm like genuinely earnestly enjoying and I'm not enjoying an action sequence, that's where I'd be. But this is like horseshoe theory almost for me, where it's like, this is now, these action sequences and horror sequences and whatnot are so boring that I can't look away. It's like the, it's like a sad train wreck. Um, Yeah. Because this, this moment where it's like, there's, there's like, oh, there's all this chaos and, and people screaming and running around and they're, you know, Hermione and Harry and Ron are like like pushing through the crowd trying to find each other and you don't know what's going on. And then it's like, boom, we're in London. And I'm like, okay, this is just this is just a Bourne movie. You watched a Bourne movie while while you were writing this. Mm-hmm. Like like the hand you you can imagine the like, you know, handheld camera shots as they're like power walking through London in this scene. Like this is exactly the image she's trying to conjure here, but she has no grasp over how to make that exciting outside of the aesthetic. Cause like the thing they're actually doing in this scene is they're like, they're power walking around in wizard robes. And then they like go into an alley to change into normal person clothes. And then they go and have a normal movie action fight after it. It's really funny. (laughs) I guess there's some novelty in seeing these characters taken out of their setting 
and put here to mm-hmm. do action sequences. Mm-hmm. That's something that fan fiction does a lot. That's like, yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, but there's, there's like- no novelty because the things that they're doing don't pull from the setting where they belong. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they really just are in just a like a Jason Bourne shooter action sequence. There isn't any kind of like expectation subversion about them like being in a new place. They just need to they they need to just fit there because that's the story it is now. And and I think that that specifically is why it's so bothersome because like on paper like 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 you saying that just now activated something in my brain where I was like, "Oh, imagine how cool this could have been." Where you, where you say like, "Oh, they you know, they 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 teleport into a Jason Bourne movie." And I'm like, "Well, actually the idea of like a like a uh, an honest to goodness like action thriller that like uses the wizarding world stuff in interesting ways doesn't doesn't sound all that bad to me Mm -hmm. because it would be like that would be like interesting as like a fish out of water thing for these characters right Mm -hmm. but the thing that is so surreal about this chapter is that all of the characters just seem to immediately acclimate to the genre of fiction they've suddenly walked into Right. Which is so weird. Like, like, there's a potentially really kind of funny, like, kind of surreal, kind of ironic image here of them, like, having this, like, life or death power walk chase away from Death Eaters while they're wearing funny dress robes in mm-hmm. the middle of London. I'm like, yeah, that's a cute idea. But then they immediately ditch those. And they just, like, Ron knows they're in Totten Court Road. And, like, says, like, oh, we can go to the Leaky Cauldron. It's over on such and such stream. Like, how does Ron know that? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Is, how much time does Ron spend on the streets of London? Right. Uh, or any of these characters. Like, I know that Hermione's muggle-born and, like, you know, probably spends time with her family in London during the summer, maybe. But, like, all these other characters should be like, what the fuck is this metropolis we're in? Surely. Right. And we just get none of that. They're just immediately aware of and and cool with the fact that they are now in action sequence yeah and even some of the things that that are there that could pose like a complication to what they're doing and and could be um like a funny interesting thing to see them come up against like for instance the waitress and the diner Mm. and then all of a sudden a magic fight happens and it's like oh how are how are they gonna you know get out of this one like this this muggle just saw them do a cool wizard fight actually it's not a problem at all like (laughs) like a random spell bounces off of what a mirror and hits her Mm -hmm. and she gets knocked out and they're like oh we'll just change her memory so there's no like payoff of them being out of their environment there's no like that kind of like fun self-indulgent moment of this like muggle diner lady being like, Oh my God, what are you? Yeah. Like that stuff is fun, but no, we can't have fun here. No, that's the, that is, that is the thing. Like these things would be fun in a real spy thriller. Right. Like I love a good action movie. But, like, th- those work because the stakes and the, like, all of the tropes and, like, all of the things that you expect from an action movie, like, those all 
work in that context. And if you're going to mix that with the wizarding world, like by all means, that sounds like a fun idea, but like you then need to adapt that idea to make that combination worthwhile and make it fun. And those are also, you know, in, in, in as, as, as much as like the disparate, like, genre pools have their own tropes right like these things are made so often um that there i would say that like the tropes that exist for crossover ideas like this are almost as like in stone as the regular like singular genre tropes right like the thing you Mm -hmm. said about you know see having a muggle see some wizard shit and go like whoa what are what are you guys right like that's practically its own uh uh cliche like like that's a that's a fun trope on its own that is just ignored here like i it 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 never even rises to the level of like comfort food genre crossover right which has been done millions of times like like there are there are tons of things that like pull bits and pieces from various genres. i mean like how many space westerns are there how many you know that like there are so many uh, uh, of these like fun genre mashup things that come with their own language, and none of that appears here. It's just it just switches from one hundred percent one language to one hundred percent another language. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, it just feels like I, I know that this has shown through in a lot of the previous books. I would say probably starting in Order of the Phoenix, where yeah. Um, Harry has a different character because it's like feels clear that she wanted to write a different kind of story. Mm -hmm. So he would become like Rambo or become like (laughs) cool fighter guy or like general or, or, you know, like slick detective. But this is just like, I feel she's just decided that's what she's doing. And we've just gone completely off the rails. Yeah. Into a different story. Could you read... Could you like uh, do me a favor and read from Harry opened his eyes when they uh, when they get to London after they apparate? Harry opened his eyes. For a moment, he thought they had not left the wedding after all. They still seemed to be surrounded by people. Tottenham Court Road, panted Hermione. Walk, just walk. We need to find somewhere for you to change. Harry did as she asked. They half walked, half ran up the wide dark street thronged with late night revelers and lined with closed shops, tars twinkling above them. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Down to the details, like her vision of grimy London here could be from any any book any movie there's there is an extended catcalling scene yeah i guess scene but like sequence where these like drunk guys at a bar catcalling hermione and and that's not just like the background there's like this entire back and forth they get some dialogue where we get to hear them say like like hey ditch that redhead kid get want a drink lady and and ron gets mad and like wants to go fight them and it's just like the like gritty grimy nonsense and i'm just like what is this doing here yeah, they like they go into the diner and there's like oh there's a layer of muck on the formica <laughs> tables and 
the only thing that's open are, are the are the all night shitty cafes where the bad poor people go. Yeah, I guess that's the the real problem here is that it's like that that is only fun if the point was to contrast it with these like wizards and witches who just arrived here and are oblivious to it or like are out of yeah. their element and doing their own stuff instead of just Harry Ron or Hermione being like this is the book we're in now. We are changing, like, this is where we belong. We've acclimated immediately, and now we're going to have, like, a cover shooter fight in a in a diner. It's also extremely funny because for as much as this tries to make it sound like a nightmare world, I think I would 100% every time take uh, uh, going to a shitty diner in London and getting, like, I don't know, like a kebab or something over the wizarding wedding that was described here. Oh yeah, one million percent. That sounds better <laughs> to me. I will. I will go to the shitty diner. I will order bad coffee. I'll hang out at night. That sounds millions of times more entertaining and and interesting than going to the fucking perfect wizard wedding party. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about this. Um, I guess before the cover shooter, Hermione kind of gets a little moment to shine, sort of. I guess. Yeah, which, like, at first was like, oh, yay, she gets to do something. She's kind of taking the lead here. But then uh, what what's actually happening is, like, the same shit that we've been complaining about in this book this whole time. Yeah, I mean, I guess I will, I will give a little, a gold star you tried, which is that, yeah, Hermione gets to do something, right? Yeah, she, she made she a takes plan. The she executed the plan. She told them what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but this is a this is one where I just really like want to change the character traits that these three have. Yeah. Because hers is that she's um she is now a woman, um, and she like packed everything for them, right? She's she's mom now. There's a there's the cat calling gauntlet, and she, also she's mom to the two boys in mm-hmm. the story. Like it is it's a real bummer, especially because the way that this starts is in a very funny way where Harry just announces out loud, like, oh, why didn't I make sure I had the invisibility cloak with me? Right. Uh, and she's like, don't worry, I did. And then also I have a change of clothes for you guys. That's the weirder part, I guess. Where did she get that? I mean, I think she literally says she's like, I went into your room and got a change of clothes for you when you were doing whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Why? Why didn't she just tell them they should do that? Why not say, hey, I mean, I'm not really sure what her foresight is. She's like, I'm worried that if the wards fall, we will have to make a quick getaway. You should you should pack some clothes. Yeah. I have this bag. I have this it's ba- weird that she did it in secret. She doesn't have a character anymore. She's mom. It's so, uh-huh. so such a bummer. It's really boring. Speaking of boring, let's talk about this, this cover shooter. Wands are guns. I know we've been saying that the whole time, but this is just a gunfight in a diner. Yeah, it's it's not even actually they're phasers (laughs) because like you can set them to stun and that's stupefy, or you can set them to kill and that's that's killing curse. Yeah, or you can equip the grenade. There's a grenade spell now. Mm Hmm. I I have like long held that like one of the most disappointing things about the Harry Potter movies is that they basically became like shaky cam action movies Mm -hmm. 
And like, like I said, I like a good shaky cam action movie, but like, it just never felt right for Harry Potter. But I have to sort of give David Yates some credit here that I had not previously. He just put on the screen what's written. <laughs> the book is yeah. an, is a shaky cam action movie. Uh huh. So I can't really blame him for making the Deathly Hallows movie a, a, a bad action flick because it's like that that yeah that's kind of what happens here. Uh, the 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 wands are drawn and they blow up tables and they like shoot around the windows and like there's bullets ricocheting everywhere and and the big guy throws a wizard grenade. It's that's there. That's what. That's the text. So sorry, David. For yeah, there's not really any other way to read it. Yeah, I apologize to David Yates for compl- complaining that they turned Harry Potter into a into an action movie when that's actually literally what the book is. Why is it Thorfinn? He's- why did why why are the Death Eaters that are cornering them Thorfinn and Dolahoff? From a story te- storytelling perspective, why can't it be like Bellatrix? Why be- can't it be Draco Malfoy? Oh, Why can't so it be like anybody cooler. that we know or care about? It, 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 it's weird, right? Because it rides this middle line between being nameless mooks and characters we care about. And like, I have to feel that like, is it just named characters to like make the discussion over whether, you know, once the fight's over and, and they've won to make that discussion about like, should we kill them or wipe their memories? Like, is it to, to like, are they are they doing the Last of Us devs thing where they're like every Death Eater has a name and you will feel bad if you kill them? Like is is that what this is? I don't care about Thorfinn. <laughs> I care about Thorfinn because he has a funny name and I like it. Yeah, he's an elf. He's an elf. He's a big elf. But yeah, it's like if it because I, I guess it's like well, I don't want them to be nameless action movie fodder, so so no one would feel bad about them dying but i also don't want to uh, have any of my beloved characters have to do anything to each other mm-hmm. so i guess i will take the middle path and like give them names so we know that they're characters that exist but not enough for us to actually feel anything this book series has such a like potentially interesting cast of characters who could interact with each other if anyone was allowed to be unlikable or make the wrong decisions or make tough decisions or be villains who do things to the heroes, right? Like it's, she likes her characters too much. Yeah. But the fun thing about characters is when they like stuff happens to them and and when they do stuff. And so it feels like they're all in this like protective bubble wrap like yeah. please like all my characters i won't have them ever do anything it, it's it's like they need to be kept away from all consequences or action yeah like the the the, the, the discussion ron and harry have about what to do with thorfinn and dalahov here mm-hmm. it really honestly feels like all of the character motivations have been like rearranged so none of them are ever too unreasonable like ron has all of the like oh we should kill them because that makes the most sense thing and like that you know that is a reason i think that's a reasonable discussion for these characters to have but it comes from ron because ultimately he is on inconsequential and him suggesting that they murder someone is probably not a big deal in the grand scheme of things because harry can step in and say no i'm jesus we will we will um we will just use the memory wipe charm on them. 
when it's like Harry is the one who has been raised to be a child soldier by Dumbledore here. Right. Uh, I mean, would the story have been different if, say, these were characters we cared about? What if they had Bellatrix knocked out? Yeah. Would Harry be like, yeah, we should execute her. She killed Sirius. Yeah, and then maybe Ron or Hermione says, like, uh, maybe we should chill. (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's, there's so much potential interesting drama here, but it can't ever fully manifest because, one, the, the, like, the characters on the receiving end of the drama are not characters we give a shit about with, you know, there's no consequence for this. And then B all of the character traits that we expect from our heroes have been shuffled around in such a way where nobody really has to wrestle with any personal ideal, like uh, uh, changing or, or decisions or, or anything really. None of the characters will commit to any idea you know like like you can write the scene where you have two death eaters that are knocked out and they came to kill you and to say one character be like we should kill them and then have that be like have them actually want to do that Mm -hmm. right and have there be conflict there yeah but Everything is so mushy and wishy-washy. And because we have to agree and think the characters are right and good at all times, yeah, they they can't commit to any particular idea or conflict. I I really like the idea, for instance, of Hermione being the one to be like, we should kill them. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't have a character anymore. Like her her <laughs> character has become has has completely destructed. Yeah. Other than her being good woman yeah. character, right? Right. And and I would like that as a return to her being the person who is always practically right, you know, yeah. doing like is like coldly analyzes the options, picks the thing that is maybe the the right thing to do for their particular situation, but is maybe not morally right, mm-hmm. or is you know, she's the Joker. Yeah. She gets well, she puts she put a lady in a jar, right? <laughs> that's the other thing is that rules don't apply to her. They just apply to everyone else. That was always the other interesting thing with her. Right. And and I guess what what, what ends up coming out of that is like a, another kind of boring um but you know liberal t- typical story where harry gets to say like no we're not as bad as them or like we won't stoop to their level or whatever well the weirdest part of this scene too is that it's not an argument like ron floats the first idea he's like oh we should probably kill these guys and then harry says no we'll just use a memory charm and then hermione's mm-hmm. like oh yeah i think i can do one of those let's see and then she does it it's not yeah it's not a heated argument between three people in a like tense moment who are freaking out and have no real like, you know, grasp of the situation, which could be really fun and interesting between these. Yeah, characters. I mean, they were just in a life or death fight. Yeah, they there just had a, a gunfight. They're teenagers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're very calm and collected about it, and they just sort of like they don't it's it's less of an argument and it's more it's like a problem solving like huddle it's like they get together and like oh we should we kill these guys no we'll use our our memory charm do do we have a memory charm yes we do okay good perfect good talk everybody good huddle good hustle like it's just really bland none of these characters have any gusto there's no there's no like fire in any of this storytelling it's just like very clinical and like like the it feels like the bowling bumpers are up just to get 
to like the the nice solution every time something like this happens. It's really funny that Ron is the one that that floats the idea, especially because he isn't seriously. He he says the way it's said is more like he's suggesting it as the right thing to do, but he wants another way, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's like, oh, we don't have to kill them, do we? Yeah. Um, but it is funny that he's the one to do that when he was also the one that like fucking blasted a Death Eater off <laughs> yeah, of his room in the, the chase guy. scene. And he was like, hell yeah. Yeah. He, blasted that guy. Yeah, he he iced the guy like just immediately and had no remorse. Uh and and was and like was proud of it. And now yeah, these characters morphed to fit whatever scene they're in. They don't mm-hmm. they don't carry any of their traits from one moment to another. They're just like yeah, they're just like shells to like, you know, have words pop out of to fit whatever moral each scene is supposed to have. It it, it never it never comes down to like an actual like debate between different characters. It's always just a fast track to the right answer via Harry. It's it's so boring. It it really feels like she wanted to say something about lethal force, which <laughs> is like, okay, whatever. Um, not really interested in what she has to say about lethal force, which is also apparently nothing, but it's so strange to see it keep coming up. Yeah. And then just sidestep it. A sidestep saying anything about it other than just gesturing toward it vaguely. Well, and also, there's like no growth in it too. It like we're we are nine chapters into a very long book, and the main character has already arrived at no, I don't want to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. And like we've had the we've now had the debate in the story multiple times where like someone says, "I think it's good to kill the bad guys," and Harry gets to say. Well, I don't. And that's it. That's like, that's the end of the scene. And that is fucking boring. There's like, 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 regardless of whether or not you agree with Harry's position or not, it is just really not fun to read because he has already arrived at his decision and he doesn't feel conflicted on it. He's not challenged on it. He's not like his, his beliefs aren't being tested here. Right. He just, is right in every situation he has made up his mind and that's that's that yeah except for when he wants to kill someone like bellatrix or snape because (laughs) literally like two paragraphs later he's like yeah i hope snape's there because i'll i'll fucking kill him right like it's just it doesn't there's no cohesion it's just completely random yeah yeah he yeah harry believes in nonviolence except for the people he wants to kill and like that's <laughs> that's I, I you know when I phrase it that way I'm like oh that actually is kind of an interesting character arc similar to what I like about what could have been Hermione's character which is believes the rules apply to everyone except her mm-hmm. but in, that's not really what's happening it's just that the characters are not consistent they have no through line from scene to scene it's just in this scene Harry gets to be you know the uh, the 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 beautiful messiah genius and then in another scene he gets to be the cool badass revenge guy and like those two things aren't in conflict for the character they are just like different scenes different different visions of the character to fit whatever the moral of the chapter is supposed to be 
Yeah, and I'm not saying they should have, you know, executed these guys, but you didn't have to write yourself into this if you're not going to do anything Exactly. With it. Yeah, yeah. It's, this isn't like a logic of, like, oh, they should have killed those guys. It's more just like a, I wish that the characters would have had a real argument about it, you know? I wish that if if we are going to have the stupid cover shooter sequence, like, do something with it. Because you clearly wanted to, right? Like, Like, she wrote this in here. Because she wanted to write write this sequence, you know, she wasn't held at gunpoint and told you have to make you have to make this a, a born movie now. But like, <laughs> there's no there's no reason for it to be here because the characters are just in immediate agreement on what to do, and then they just go on. It's like, well, why was this here? No, 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 no one was challenged. No ideas were exchanged. It was just like, okay, we did the fight, and now we have to go to the next thing. Why is Harry so good at fighting? Because he's Rambo. Oh, yeah. I hate the way that the fight, start of the fight is written, where it's like the, the burly men, Thorfinn and Dollahoff, start moving to fight, right? And and Harry is described as perfectly mirroring their, like, yeah. movement based on instinct, which is such a movie. Like, that's, that's James Bond, because James yeah. Bond's character is being good at fighting, right? Yeah. Like, but I just don't buy Harry being that. And I he's think it's a, stupid. He's a teenager. <laughs> he just turned 17. And he's apparently the fastest gun in the West. Like <laughs> I like my favorite thing that like a recurring image in all of the action sequences in this series are that like the Death Eaters are like always big strong guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why would they be? Like, like, if nothing, nothing highlights how J.K. Rowling has the TV on when she writes these things more clearly than this, because it's like, yeah, she's, I don't know, she saw, oh yeah, shout out, I think it was Camille, one of our listeners, pointed out that that Thorfinn is literally the, the like second in command from Die Hard. Yep. Uh, and and like, yeah, like this is just we have the big burly, like action movie guys here to fight with wands and it's like yeah that makes sense in an action movie where like they get to do martial arts right like they shoot guys and they do cool punches so yeah there'd be big muscle guys but like why why are the death like do the death eaters have a gym regiment like what are they what are they doing why are they all why are they all buff um jk rowling is so sick of wizards and stupid magic she's like i'm so done Mm. with wizards yeah honestly like that I, I'm thinking back to like the descriptions from the early books. Like, take Snape, right? Like, mm-hmm. like what a fitting like character description, um, if maybe a little questionable, um, mm-hmm. like early on. But at least is that archetype of of the the big bat that lives in the dungeon and he's like hunched over and he wears like a big cape and yeah. and like stalks around and is probably just like a scrawny, oily guy. Um, yeah. That's a wizard, you know, because he's yeah. doing wizard stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny to bring in the like heavies from an action movie. <laughs> and they're and it just like, they, I mean, really, all these characters could just have guns and it would be the same scene. Yeah, it's it's so superficial, I guess, is the way to put it. It's like there's there's no thought put into oh, I want to mix these genres together. I want to have an action sequence. How would an action sequence look in the wizarding world? It's like, I'm just going to write the last 
gunfight I saw on TV into my wizard novel, and who cares if it fits in? Like, who cares if it has any fun twists on the idea or not? It's like, no, these are these guys are big because the guys in action movies are big. Little, you know, who cares that it doesn't make sense in the, in the wizarding world as presented? Because like, physical strength means basically fucking nothing as far as we know in the wizarding world, right? Because they don't they don't have to fight that way. They have magic smartphone guns. Right. They have a full they have a full Call of Duty loadout in a stick that they <laughs> carry around. Like it's it like who cares? It doesn't matter how fast or strong you are. All that matters is that you can, I guess, like Harry, just quick draw really fast. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with like a buff wizard or whatever. No. But it's Thorfinn. I don't know who Thorfinn <laughs> is. Like he is such a just stock action movie guy. <laughs> Thorfinn, the big the big wizard. Yeah, it's uh it it's it's just silly and disappointing and just like a bad use of like a fun idea. Like, yeah, sure, I love James Bond. I love a good action movie. But you gotta you gotta give it some juice, you know? I mean, imagine if, like, instead of Burly, uh, does Harry, like, literally think, like, oh, they look like construction workers or something sitting there? I think like, they are literally in disguise, uh, disguise as con- construction workers, which what is if, what if very they were, funny. What if the reason he noticed is because they were disguised as construction workers, but just looked like wizards, right? Like, yeah. Like, like, little guy, like, little, like, wizardly guys, and he's like, that's weird. This, yeah, or this like seems dressed wrong, wrong. right? Because yeah. that's like part of the whole thing is that wizards, especially Death Eaters, I would think, since they are so like puritanical in yeah. their wizard beliefs, wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be able to just easily disguise themselves as, as construction workers. Yeah, you could you could have you could have this gunfight, but like put a really funny, like kind of tongue in cheek like. like dark comedy spin on it right like these these two guys walk in like maybe they're wearing their safety vests inside out Mm -hmm. maybe maybe they've put like another hat over the hard hat or something uh like maybe they're wearing clothes that are clearly too big for them because they knocked out some guys right and and took their their uh, their uniforms, right? Like there, there was ways to make this playful and fun, and actually uh, have it use the to- the toys in the toy box, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why we're here. We're reading Harry Potter. We want to see wizard shit happen, right? Um, and it just refuses to do that. Yeah, she invented a new spell to be a hand grenade. Great, like <laughs> fucking boring. Who cares? I don't, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I could complain about this a lot, but yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just a, bo- a scene from a Bourne movie, you're right. Yeah, and not a good one. This is from the new one. This is a scene from the new Jason Bourne movie, not the three good ones. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so that's our, that's our dose of action movie genre fiction. Shall we, shall we <laughs> mosey on over to the real star of the show? The- <laughs> the horror movie part of this chapter. Yeah, so they go to Grimmauld Place. I I think that the idea behind this is that... So Grimmauld Place still is under the protection of the Secret Keepers, right? Yeah. Except... so, So if Voldemort is tracking them, they should still be able to go to Grimmauld Place. The only 
part that makes it unsafe is that Snape can get in and they can, they're like, well, we can deal with one guy, Mm -hmm. but we can't deal with these like random, random mobs that are going to spawn every time we teleport. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So they teleport to Grimald Place and have to contend with Moody's traps. Do you want to describe Moody's traps for us? Yeah. Yeah, so we were we were really hyped up on this. Uh, I'm still hyped up on this. A couple a couple chapters ago, you know, when 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 everyone got to the burrow and was asking mm-hmm. about Grimald Place, uh, Lupin was like, "Oh, you know, don't worry." Before he died, Moody Moody went all out and he put some crazy traps on Grimald Place just in case Snape showed up, which turns out to be <laughs> a tongue-tying curse that is easily easily overcome by three teenagers immediately and then when you go up the stairs if that one if that if that didn't uh if that didn't spook you enough you go up the stairs and at the end of the hallway there's a skyrim draugr that comes out of the floor and zooms towards you and you have to say i didn't kill you and then it and then the ghost the the dumbledore ghost Draugr disappears. I mean, even if you say I didn't kill you, I don't think it does anything. Yeah, I guess we'll, I don't think we'll ever actually know what it would do if it got to you. I think it is just there to scare you. Like, Moody's grand plan for getting, kicking Snape out of the house if he showed up was to, I will, not only will I scare him with a ghost, I will I will appeal to his sense of guilt, which I guess I know that he has. <laughs> Cause the ghost yells, Why did you kill me? or whatever. Like it's so fucking stupid. I I don't even know where to start with this. Re- shall we read the like the full passage? Cause it really is bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that be warned. Listener, it's spooky. <laughs> this is so scary. Your your gu- your guts will be spooked out if you're not careful. <laughs> this is our strongest content warning ever on the show. Some spooky stuff about to happen. Warning, warning, scary. Gingerly, Harry took another step forward. Something shifted in the shadows at the end of the hall. And before any of them could say another word, a figure had risen up out of the carpet. Ah! Tall, tall, dust-colored. <laughs> Sorry, that's not a very scary voice. Tall, dust-colored, and terrible. Hermione screamed, and so did Mrs. Black, her curtains flying open. The gray figure was gliding toward them faster and faster, its waist-length hair and beard streaming behind it, its face sunken, fleshless, with empty eye sockets. Horribly familiar, dreadfully altered, it raised a wasted arm, pointing at Harry. No! Harry shouted. And though he had raised his wand, no spell occurred to him. No, it wasn't us. We didn't kill you. On the word kill, the figure exploded in a great cloud of dust. Coughing, his eyes watering, Harry looked around to see Hermione crouched on the floor by the door with her arms over her head and Ron, who was shaking from head to foot, patting her clumsily on the shoulder and saying, It's all right. It's gone. (laughs) I'm so scared right now. Uh-huh. You really scared me there. Yep. Um <laughs> I have been obsessed with this ever since I read it. I think this is maybe the strongest evidence we have 
that no one ever reread this series. How is no one? How how are people not constantly talking about the spooky Dumbledore dust ghost every day, every minute, every hour of every day? <laughs> I want the fandom to be questioning, hey, what was up with the Dumbledore ghost in the house? What was what was going on there? I love this. It's so fucking stupid. It's not scary. It doesn't make any sense. And like this, this being the thing on no level does this work how is this supposed to stop snape what was what what's the intended <laughs> goal here um you, I, I imagine don't... you're moody you're moody you're uh -huh. setting up the traps in this in this <laughs> mansion mm -hmm. what why did you choose dumbledore ghost i mean so he had two goals right one is to get Snape out of there, out of that yeah. house. And that's the Dumbledore ghost. And then the other goal is to make sure that he can't tell anyone where the house is. And that's what the tongue tying curse is, right? Uh-huh. We know that you can tell someone where like something like the secret keeper secret is by writing it down. <laughs> so that doesn't work. <laughs> In fact, we literally had Dumbledore write down where Grimmauld Place was to tell Harry where it is. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, if that, if he gets past that, then he'll get scared? Will appeal to his sense away? of Catholic guilt. But if he's evil, why would he feel bad? Right. There, on no level does this work. It's like, okay, if he, <laughs> if he was truly the evil murder monster that, the order now thinks he is because of his double cross. Wh why would this work? Why would it? Well, like, oh, I'm going to appeal to the better man in him and scare him with a ghost and make him repent. Like, what the fuck? Not, not exactly an airtight plan. And then also the detail of. Okay, this is. My, I feel like I can feel my brain swelling and touching the outside, the inside of my skull, thinking mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. So, Harry gets the ghost to go away by saying, no, we didn't kill you. Which, already, even, even separate from the intent of this thing to scare Snape, is an insane thing for Harry to leap to at first. I went back to read this again because I thought that, like, Dumbledore, maybe Dumbledore's ghost said, like, you killed me. But he doesn't. He Harry doesn't. just volunteers that. Yeah. Uh, getting a lot of questions about whether or not I killed Dumbledore that are already answered by my did not kill Dumbledore shirt. <laughs> so he, he says, he, like you say, he volunteers, no, we didn't kill you. And it appears, at least as written, and I think we get this confirmed later, because spoiler alert, the ghost comes back in another Grimald Place chapter. Um, but it seems like kill is like the trigger word to get it to stop whatever it was going. Like, we, I don't know what it was going to do, but that gets it to go away. So Harry had to say this insanely specific thing that he wasn't even prompted to say. And so did Moody sit there and go, okay, Snape would never say I didn't kill you. And also more specifically, did he think that there are no ways like if if Snape was you know was the big bad murderer that they think he is, 
why would he not just say like what what if he said haha i'll kill you again you dusty old bitch or yeah because kill kill is the magic word here yeah (laughs) yeah i'll i'll kill you again i i i killed you i killed you already badass to kill you it was funny when i killed you and you fell off the building in slow motion i'm here to kill more people how about that (laughs) is moody okay that's what i want (laughs) like you know before he died was was moody and i you know i know that the the like the character that we were supposed to take away from him was like oh he's you know he's a little he's a little paranoid but he's the best we've got and it really seems more like this would be more fitting if he was like way past his prime maybe a little more frazzled than he was uh, ever depicted as. Cause it's like, this is just a dumb plan. And it would be funny if that was the joke, like, like, Oh yeah. Moody's Moody's grand plan was to turn Grimald place into the Disney haunted mansion. But like, that's, <laughs> I think, I think we're supposed to genuinely be like, Oh damn, that's scary. Ah, there, there is like an incredible comedy read of this. Especially because we never knew Moody. Mm-hmm. And all of our information from Moody has been from an imposter yeah. or from other characters saying what Moody was like back yeah. in the day, you know. And we get this idea that he was like this like badass, like like death eater hunter guy that would would do whatever it takes to to stop mm-hmm. them, including killing them or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like Getting like hyped up, it's like, oh, Moody put these traps on Grimmauld Place to stop Snape from getting in. So in my head, I'm like, it's gonna be like spikes that come out of the ground and yeah. like stab him to death, or like I don't know, just like a you know, Too, his head will like explode the, if he walks past a certain yeah, the thing. Cool, like, the cool trap of the Ewoks make him return of the Jedi, where two logs swing together and crunch your head in between. Right. Like, yeah. so, like I'm like, oh, yeah, it'll <laughs> be something like that. And so I have this, like, this very funny idea of Moody being like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Don't worry, guys. And everyone be like, oh, yeah, you're so badass. It's going to be something that's cool, like spikes coming out of the ground or the Ewok trap. And this is what he comes up with. Like, that is extremely <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. But yeah, yeah like- I think we're supposed to think it's <laughs> scary and good. <laughs> Like he could have at least I don't know. There's so many cool things he could have done. You know, magic. Magic seems like it's pretty. It can be pretty gnarly if you if you do anything. Like we we've talked about this before about like how lame it is that wands are guns when like the evil wizard. Like there's that one really good brief shining moment in the Department of Mysteries fight that I always think about, which is the jelly legs thing. Which is like, that's a goofy spell that's come up a lot in the school hijinks stuff that suddenly becomes really sinister and scary when, like, used in that, like, action sequence, right? Like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. They, they like, toy with you while your legs are, like, all fucked up. Like, that's 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 really dark. And so, like, I, I would kind of hope that Moody could do something like that in here, right? Like, like I don't know, like... We we have so many stupid spells. Maybe what if he just turned the 
the corridor into the laser hallway from from Resident Evil or something like that. It'd be neat. I don't know. Do do anything other than like, what if a ghost made you feel bad? <laughs> I mean, I don't think we have any reason to believe that the ghost does anything else other than right. make you feel bad. Like it has a a magic word that makes the ghost go away and stop making you feel bad. But even just like reading the wiki entry, it really just sounds like it is a spell that um, literally the effect is manipulates dust. The purpose of the spell was to frighten Snape out of the house should he enter in an attempt to find and presumably kill members of Order of the Phoenix. I love that. I love that idea so much. Like just this, this, you know, Snape loading up his wizard guns and strolling into Grimald Place and he's like, all right, c- come out and play, fuckers. It's time for cleanup. Mm-hmm. And then running away because a ghost ran at him. Yeah, it made him feel bad. He's like, oh, actually, <laughs> I, actually, I feel so bad about this murder I did. Ah, oh, the telltale heart. It won't stop beating. The telltale ghost. It won't stop screaming at me. Unless I say kill. <laughs> the word kill. The word kill. Again, kind of a. I, I think you could pick a. If it had to be tied to some sort of word, I feel like you could pick a less ambiguous one than kill. I think it is more likely for Snape to say, I killed you, than it is for Harry to see the ghost of Dumbledore and say, I didn't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what. If I ever see a ghost, that, that'll be the first thing I say. It's like, oh, I didn't kill you. Wasn't me. Right. That's. I, I can't believe this. I, I think that, <laughs> I think that my, my real, my real answer, 99% that was, this was written for the movie. I don't, I yeah. don't like, I think that JK Rowling has like movie making brain poison at this totally. point and is, it is specifically writing scenes that would be cool in a movie. Yeah. That's this entire chapter, right? It's like, we get teleports, uh, like fast teleport into crowd sequence. We have cover shooter. We have, spooky ghost jump scare it 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 it's just a laundry list of like movie ideas you can't jump scare in a book <laughs> you can try but yeah <laughs> it doesn't I, I did not i did not jump scare from this one no not really i honestly i was mostly confused like until it got to the like the withered arm part i was like uh what is this who is what is what who what's this stupid dust ghost mm-hmm. uh it's not it's just like not again similar to the way that like the um uh the action sequence feels like it is just like pulling from genre ideas that she likes but not actually like mixing them with the wizarding world stuff this feels really similar in that like if you you know if characters in a normal movie normal horror movie or something entered a haunted mansion and a dust ghost manifested and ran at them that would be pretty scary yeah but these are wizards and Harry is friends with ghosts, and I, you know, I hate to, do, I hate to do the like viral tweet, like how come, how come they're scared of the Shrieking Shack if there's ghosts at the school? But like, we, we know that ghosts are not like malevolent in this series. 
And also, not only that, but we know that in Grimald Place, there is a there is a monster that does play on wizard fears. There was a yeah. Bogart here. Yeah. So like, we like it's just leaving stuff on the table. What like what if you know it, I could see Moody going like, okay, don't worry, guys. I you know I'll put a tongue t- tongue tying curse on him, <laughs> and if that doesn't work. I'll put a Bogart in the hallway and he'll run away because the Bogart magically knows literally what you are scared of, as opposed to this, which is Moody guessing what will scare Snape. So yeah. Like, what? I, ugh, ugh, what is going on, Joe? Somebody asked this question on Stack Exchange. Basically, like, why, like, why did Moody think this would be effective? Yeah. And there are some people that are trying to speculate that if the if the dust thing wasn't dispelled, it would have like attacked him. Yeah. I'm skeptical. I wish we could have seen what that looked like. I mean, yeah, why I I'm not sure if if that were the case, why would you not show that by having it attack Harry, Ron, or Hermione until Harry like desperately was like, "I didn't kill you." Yeah, what the, the, like you, I think it's there's a pretty easy way to make it as is pretty scary. Yeah. It's a dust ghost. What yeah. if it what if it runs at you and starts, you know, for one thing, the ghost needs to be for for any of this like kill word thing to work, the ghost needs to be asking the question. The ghost needs to be asking, why did you kill me? It can't just imply it by existing, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, the, the, the characters in the horror movie can't just infer what the ghost wants. Um, uh, but, like, if it's a dust cloud, what if it, like, started getting all up in their mouth? I don't know. Like, if, if it, like, morphed out of Dumbledore mode and, like, started going down their, their throat and choking them. That's kind of scary. What if it had a sword? What if, <laughs> yes, what if it, yeah, what if it just had a sword? Like, and do anything, please. Make the ghost any sort of threat to to the characters and, and make the scene have any tension and, you know, any sense of stakes at all by having them try to guess at how to fix the problem. Just like the, just like the, um, should we kill or, or not kill these guys discussion, this scene doesn't actually put our characters like through any kind of trial like no and they're not emotionally affected by it other than like that was scary harry is not like oh that was really hard to see dumbledore but as a dust ghost you know they don't they're not like upset <laughs> yeah, or... he literally says don't worry it wasn't really him it was just a ghost to scare snape like he just he just says what it was after they after it disappears. Like, ah, I know what this is. Why it's would not, he know that? It's not a physical or emotional trial for any of them. Mm-mm. And it just makes no sense. Give the dust ghost a sword. Have <clears throat> have it attack them and have them use spells on it. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. What yeah. do we do? Oh my god, it's it's Dumbledore. I'm very upset about this. And the, have the ghost be like, You killed me. <laughs> no, we didn't kill you. Like anything. Yeah. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> this is all first draft shit. That that is what is so infuriating about this book, I think. Is like I I don't like to use the term lazy for storytelling. But it, it this really 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 feels like 
because there are all of these scenes that we keep on coming across that are like as written have zero like anything like like no like no subtext no connection to anything in the story but like nothing we're suggesting is that radical <laughs> we're at we're more or less we chapter by chapter in this book we've been asking this book to be the bare minimum of popcorn genre fiction and it yeah. can't even rise to that level and it leaves so much stuff on the table it really feels like a first draft because none it, of this it, it's funny just because the like the idea of dumbledore being scary as like a dust ghost is so pulpy already that it's like why yeah. not just go for it yeah do yeah, the we, scene do the whole thing give it a sword i don't know yeah, I it it is it is so infuriating to see all of these things left on the table when like the the answers are so obvious the way the ways to make these scenes work and the ways the ways to like the thing you said about you know have the characters go oh my god how do we get this thing off of us thing like it, it's it's like this is basic shit right it's it, it we're not. We're not asking this thing to like become Russian literature. It's just like, can you can you please write a, a, a like a ghost story, please? Could you write a can you write a wizard story? Can you do? Can you please identify fun tropes and use them? Like, <laughs> it's 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 bizarre. It can't even do that. It can't even be good popcorn entertainment. I like this response from David S. on Stack Exchange to explain how this was going to work. <laughs> this apparition was broken by saying the word killed. No, it vanished as they say that word, presumably because by that point it recognized that they were not Snape. Secondly, the dusty replica seems to be a zombie slash ghost version of Dumbledore. Mm. It is not meant to make Snape feel remorse. It's meant to scare him away. Presumably <laughs> it goes presumably it goes full on poltergeist on the intended target. Given that most Death Eaters are cowards, this seems a little more reasonable. Th that is presuming a lot. I also like this, like, oh, it's going to go full on poltergeist. And what the one poltergeist we know is, like, moves are, like, water balloons and yeah. putting gum in a, in a lock. Yeah. And, like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's referring to the movie Poltergeist. But okay. I was in, like, Peeves? Right. But, but, but also, like, in the movie Poltergeist... Most of what the poltergeist does is like throw furniture around and make the house appear upside down and stuff. Yeah, I, I think Snape could probably deal with that. He's a wizard. Yeah, and 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 as far as Moody knows, a like hardened, cold-blooded killer murder wizard. Yeah. So it's just on no level does this function as like a oh that makes sense. It's just it just every detail here raises more and more questions. Like, I know this is thinking about it way harder than it needs to, but if, if you think about Snape as a, like, if you take on the face that they thought he was evil mm -hmm. or suspected that he was, yeah, the idea of a person assuming that he was, that would go so deep undercover for like a decade. Mm hmm. And then at the crucial moment, like, kill the person that he's friends with. Mm -hmm. That would take, frankly, a real sicko <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you would have to be, you would have to be hardened, for sure. Yeah, you would have to be pretty messed up. 
And I just don't think this dust ghost is going to cut it. <laughs> it's so funny. I think this is the most concrete proof that we have that this could never, no one's reread this book. And maybe no one's watched the movie because it is apparently in the movie, The Dust Ghost. But like, this thing is so stupid and raises so many questions. I'm like, how are people, how is it that people are joking about like, like Chewbacca dying and reappearing in, in uh, Rise of Skywalker in two minutes? And people are talking about, uh, uh, the bells seemingly making Daenerys go crazy in 10 seconds in Game of Thrones. But no one is talking about the magic uh, dust ghost that was supposed to scare Snape away from the Haunted Mansion. How How is this not um, a, like just constantly being brought up and mocked all the time? I it is so funny. It is so stupid. I, I, I love it. I love this stupid thing. I assume that it's played as like a 10 second jump scare in the in the movie, right? Like it's got to be just yeah. a walk in the door, get rushed by some a dust ghost and be like, "Ooh, spooky." Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it like runs at them. There's like a CGI dust ghost and then it disappears and Harry says like, "Oh, that must have been for Snape." And then they move on. That's got to be. That's got to be it. That's my guess anyway. I I think that it's it's easy to get fixated on the dust ghost because it's so stupid, but I I really am also stuck on the on the tongue tying thing. Yeah, yeah, the, like you you brought this up when we were chatting about this chapter last night, but like kind of a weird spell to rely on for a guy who we know canonically is really good at nonverbal spells. Those this is the two things that we know is that he is like extremely good at at spells and not speaking them out loud. Yeah, and. It has been established for some reason, like the ins and outs of this Fidelius charm mm -hmm. and that you can write it down and that works. We know that. <laughs> yeah. So neither, like the tongue tying curse solves n neither problem with Snape. Like, I guess like, t like turning him into a mute and making him scared. Like, wow, what a, <laughs> what a blow. What a blow to this guy. <laughs> It just, yeah, if 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 Snape was the guy that they all think he is, this would accomplish literally nothing. He can fly. Yeah, Snape's so cool. Snape is. He cool. would never be scared by this. <laughs> he would never be scared by this. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this is. I mean, there, there's just there, there's a bunch of other stuff in this chapter as well. Like, like why the fuck? Why the fuck does the um. Why why is the Patronus a cell phone now? Hermione brings it up twice and then She's been working on that. She's been working on it off screen. We haven't seen her do it, but we, she's she's doing it. Arthur appears to them after they deal with the dust ghost to say everything's fine, no tension here. Um don't don't worry about us. Uh and then Harry just sees a vision. Like everyone just has Skype now in this <sighs> series. Yeah. They have plot Skype. It's disastrous for the story. Also, I've got to say for the whole like force bond that Harry has with Voldemort, mm -hmm. I can't believe that it was like introduced. Then he was feeding Harry bad, like raw, like fake visions. Yeah. And then because that wasn't ever resolved, like Harry never like learned how to overcome it or do yeah. anything in order the Phoenix. 
but it had to be written out because it wasn't going to be a problem anymore. It was just <laughs> like, oh, he decided not to do that anymore. He doesn't like those. But now it's reset and the visions are just real again. Yeah. He's just got Horcrux vision now. Holy shit. Yeah. It's what a journey this particular plot device has gone on so far. It's weird to bring it up again and have Hermione be like, hey, remember he can f- he can give you false visions. And Harry's like, yeah, I remember but they're real. Like it, 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 it feels like that's floated maybe to provide some sort of tension, but these are clearly real, right? Like, like there was, there's zero reason for, for Voldemort to willingly offer the information. I'm looking for Gregorovich. I nearly forgot his name there for a second. Um, so we're just back to this being like convenient, like like plot dripping stuff to Harry. It's it it's just a mess. This book is a nightmare. I mean, the visions really are the only thing advancing the plot, especially because yeah. the characters spend um pretty much a lot of the time sitting around and being like, "What do we do now?" Yeah, but and not in Harry like a Scar fun hurts. way. Right? Yeah. Um, and then Harry Scar like, hurts and goes, "Oh, I'll get a plot ah. vision." Yeah. And I guess the other mysteries are. You know, what's, the order. what's what's the deal with the objects that Dumbledore gave them? <laughs> yeah. Also, how is Voldemort tracking them? Oh, another another question that's hanging in the air right now is which object will we look for first? Because Harry said, I want to go to Godric's Hollow. Hollow. And Hermione was like, why? And then Harry was like, I got it. And then he got some information from uh uh doge uh-huh. that, that that's that that's pertinent to him so that's where we're going next i guess like it it is just so it's sloppy this is a this is a really really sloppy book and i don't i i just i i i keep on coming back to the like and having to sit down and think about it and just being like you know am i just am i am i just going ham on this thing because I'm like extra, even more mad at J.K. Rowling than usual, and I just keep on coming back to no. I think this sucks. I like I can I can separate J.K.'s actions week to week from like my enjoyment of Prisoner of Azkaban, right? Like I still think that is a good book. Mm-hmm. This is just garbage. I, I I I have no kind words for this book so far. It is it is a it is a sloppy, themeless, joyless mess so far. Um, yeah. And and I uh, I just can't get over that this is how this series ends, and no one talks about the dump the dust ghost. Every day, people should be logging on and saying, "Hey, remember when there was a dust ghost in Harry Potter?" What was that about? What like, was that do? What was that going to do? What was that going to do? What was Moody's idea with the dust ghost? <laughs> this book's bad. Yeah. It's really, I have a hard time like coming up with what there is to be interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's the mystery? What do I care about here? <laughs> I, I, I think really like just the core thing that is, is the, the death sentence for this book in that regard is that Ginny didn't come along. 
Yeah, Ginny should have come along, for sure. Ginny should have come along. I think that that would have, even if nothing else changed, even if that they still had the stupid gunfight, even if they were still the dust ghosts that didn't do anything, um, I think that bringing Ginny along would at least, like, give this story a, like, core of, like, teen drama to coast on, right? I mean, we, 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 we talked about it at length at the end of book six, like how silly it was that he just like iced her out of coming along. It was like, well, but that all think of all that free drama. He's hanging out with his best friend and his best friend's sister, who is his girlfriend. Or maybe she's not his girlfriend. Who knows? Like, like it's it, like, please, for the love of God, have have Ginny there for have Hermione have a friend to talk to, too, because. Yeah, yeah, about stupid Ron. About <laughs> stupid Ron is. Yeah. But oh, they're brother and sister. Look, it, it's it's all there. And they're yeah. really, I know there's going to be drama with Ron just because he's going to go Boromir later. Um, but with the Ron-Hermione relationship, there's like a potential for drama there. But not really because they're just going to get married right after <laughs> this is over, you know? And Harry's <laughs> not really interested in what's going on with them yeah. at all. There's not um, a, like, like again talking uh, talking about how most of this is is me begging this book to like like at least be like trashy genre fiction is that like this could at least be a love triangle like a real one and that's that is you know that is not something that I typically ask of stories right but I would take that over nothing right like please fuel conflict between these characters somehow. Mm-hmm. Like the Boromir turn for Ron will be character drama, but it only happens because he has a magic uh, artifact that makes him mad. It's right. not, it's not earnest. It's not coming from like re- real Ron, right? Like it's, it's just like amplified negative feelings, but it's not like him, him. It's not like they have a real fight about it without that. It's, there's nothing. There's nothing going on with these characters. And, like, even if the story stayed, you know, even if, like, the, the structure of, like, the adventure stayed bad, I would at least like it a lot more if the character interplay was interesting. Yeah, if you're going to have a hunt for objects, you kind of need that, I think. Exactly. That's, I mean, uh, like, that's what carries every, like, AAA RPG, right? I don't give a yeah. shit what happens in Mass Effect, really, but I like the characters yelling at each other. Right. <laughs> It's amazing to me because, like, I think Hermione is the easiest one to point to and say that her character is gone. Yeah. Like, unrecognizable from Mm -hmm. early. And and even then, it's like, it's not like the early books really treated her very well. But there was some kind of interesting stuff going on. But now she is nothing. Mm -hmm. Ron's always been pretty weak and inconsistent, I would say. Ron is so strong in the first two books and then disappears. Right. Um and Harry is obviously our 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 link to the world and mm-hmm. is whatever whatever at any time. It is strange that even if we can't have stronger main characters like this, that this isn't like an Avengers style like Harry needs to reach out to all of the crazy characters we've met along the way to like help him on his quest. Mm, like mm-hmm. everything else, every other character is being shuffled off. 
Yeah. A bunch of them I are just to gonna die podcast. off screen eventually. Right. They're gonna die. Like Lupin and Tonks are getting married. Tonks become normal. Um like Sirius is dead. Everyone's like gone. Like there's no there's no payoff and there's no like even just cheap like fan service stuff. Right. Yeah, because we got all of that at the wedding, basically. Is that what that was? I mean, not not well, but like, yeah, we got Fred and George telling jokes. We got Hagrid being big and fat and stupid. Ha ha, isn't that funny? We got uh, Luna. We got Ginny. We got I mean, Arthur. the meat of that chapter, though, was talking to Xenophilius, who we don't know, and talking to Doge, who <laughs> yeah, we don't true. know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> We got, but we got, we got all the hits. We got Hagrid dumb and break stuff. We got Arthur have motorcycle hide from wife. Don't tell wife. We have Ginny horny for Harry. We have crumb funny guy accent. We have all, all of your favorites, all of the hits. We have Lupin depressed Tonks normal. (laughs) (laughs) There are other characters, right? Yeah, there's a baby inside Tonks. Why kill off the characters we like to see? <laughs> well, I mean, like, like that—that th- that is like the funniest part of this, because if this was a, I don't know, a bolder series, uh, killing off the characters we like to see could be really interesting. But it's not like they get cool deaths that like leave a ripple effect with the other characters who survive. It's just like they just die off screen or they die and the characters get over it. Like Harry hasn't been like actively traumatized about Sirius in like a book and a half. Now he's I so think mo- if Sirius were alive. He could like be at the wedding and that would be fun. Yeah. If yeah. Moody were alive, he could be weird at the wedding. That could be fun. <laughs> if Moody was alive, Harry could like Patronus phone him right now and say, Hey, what the <laughs> fuck is up with your stupid traps? Dumbass. <laughs> cool what is this stupid shit you set up in here (laughs) this is like spirit halloween this isn't gonna stop snape did moody go to like a muggle haunted house one time like accidentally or like confused about what it was that is a great backstory for this he was like like i don't know driving his broomstick down like the highway (laughs) saw a sign a sign for like a muggle haunted house and was like hey how did the muggles get their hand on ghosts and then like went through the muggle haunted house and was like, wow, that was so scary. What are they doing here? Oh, and he cheated in the corn maze with his magical eye. Uh Uh-huh. God, we, mm, there's so much fun thing, stuff you could do with these characters. Yeah. There's no fun allowed in Harry Potter. I like these characters. What if, what if Sirius was a dog at the wedding? Yeah. I don't like, like just, there's so much here. If we had the characters that we like doing stuff, this is like, this book feels like the, like, like the last third of like an old isometric RPG where like all of the characters died, but you kept playing anyway. And so none of the characters you like get to interact with the story. Mm-hmm. You should have just reloaded your save. JK yeah. Rowling, please reload your save and write this again where all the characters are still alive and like can do stuff and are fun. And can interact with each other. Seriously. Like I, like it's it's just like if you're going to have characters die, 
and leave the story you gotta have consequences and i would love for this story to have consequences we've talked at length about how nothing in this series has consequences Mm -hmm. but if you don't want to do that if you don't want to write the consequences keep them alive so they can stick around and be fun characters right pick one please this middle path sucks yeah, I mean, there could be some conflict. I mean, Moody is such a is such a tough one because we don't actually care about him. It's all just a trick because we yeah. do fake Moody. Right. But if he if he had been killed, and if there was some like amount of conflict about having like a celebration like right afterward, mm-hmm. I mean, he has no connection with any of the characters, so that doesn't work like super well. <laughs> Maybe the wedding wasn't a great idea. No. Maybe this book should just be scrapped because it's not. I think that you just got to kind of return to the drawing board for this. Do over. Take it. Take a moment. I mean, like, look. Here's my idea. J.K. Rowling, get her out of there. Yeah. Uh, uh, she, she is, you know, WB ices her out of the movies. They, they, they take their own path forward. Mm-hmm. The official book seven becomes Harry Potter walk up to dragon. Yeah. They get to go to China. They get to see all the cool dragons. There's cool magic. He learns what it's like in the other wizarding schools. Sounds way uh-huh. better. Yeah. I uh, I think uh, it would be hard to be worse than this. Yeah. It's just really, really lame. <laughs> I feel very vindicated that I didn't like it. Yeah, when it right? When came out. Right? Yeah. Like, I, this whole story arc of this podcast has been like, I don't remember anything about books six and seven. I wonder if I'll think differently about them. And if anything, I think my feelings have crystallized. Like, no, we were right. These books were bad. I mean, I guess we're only nine chapters in. Yeah, I guess there could be some sort of like incredible pivot at some point, but I, I'm not holding my breath at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else in this chapter we want to discuss, or or do you think we? I mean, like I know that I could keep on going about the dust ghost forever, but but we should maybe take a break. What do you say? Yeah, not much happened in this one, so let's let's take a break. Yeah, we will take a quick break, and we will be right back. After again, I'm doing I'm doing the ad break thing. We don't have ads on here. We can say what we want. That's right. Fuck Blue Apron. Audible. Suck me. Uh. Uh. The, the, what's what's another one? Uh. Me undies. I'm wearing normal underwear because I would not have. I would not. Too much money. It's underwear. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after the funny break music play. everyone and welcome back um it is our duty in these troubling times reading this god-awful book (laughs) to imagine a better world Mm -hmm. and i think that we have been doing that with this wonderful new third segment thing we've been settling into here Mm -hmm. i can't get enough of these Um, it's like popcorn they're so good we got that wonderful fan art this week of uh, some of the ones we read before on the last episode. Oh yeah. I love those. Um, I have been thinking about, I am the boy all week. I am that, the boy. That one has not left my head. Mm. I'm hoping that we can find some more wonderful ones. These are all from beyond Hogwarts. These are still um, endings written before the leak and before it was announced 
that the last word was no longer scar. I actually found out while I was looking through these mm-hmm. that there are enough of these posts that there are a bunch of them from post the announcement that the last word had changed. Oh, really? Yeah. So we kind of we're, we're kind of reading along in real time here, and we will eventually hit ones where the prompt has to shift. Um, so that'll be a good marker for us on the the road to release, um, before all of these people presumably were very disappointed. Will anyone be bold enough to, um, use well, but as like, (laughs) it's like a well that you get water out of. (laughs) Harry fell down the well. Harry dropped his wand down the well. He, yeah, he's, he dropped the horcruxes into the well who could have (laughs) who could have guessed that the final horcrux was a well (laughs) all right um i'm so excited to read some more of these delightful endings starting with and now harry is happy the three people he loves will no longer be with him for wait hold on (laughs) the people he loves will no longer be with him forever in heaven spelled h-e-v-e-n and the best thing about it the curse has lifted and now there was no scar who's in heaven all three of them wait but he said the three people he loves the most are in heaven that's that's him plus will be with will be with him or no longer be this one's baffling this one's kind of a puzzle but there, so some some of them died. At least three people died. Yeah, well, that's true. Doesn't say who. Three people he loves. That would be Ron, Hermione, Ginny, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So they all and, died. And they're, they're in, in heaven. They're all in heaven. And there's and he also doesn't have no, a scar in heaven. No scars in heaven. No curses in heaven. Uh, as Harry, Hermione, Neville, all Weasleys, but Percy and George, all of the Order except Mad-Eye, Mundungus, and Shacklebolt looked into the remaining bodies of the dead, something moved. It was George. He was alive. He got up and shook himself off and joined the rest. The rest of the Death Eaters mourning over not only themselves, but Voldemort. Barty Crouch Jr. walk up to Dumbledore and said, Truce? Yes, I suppose everyone deserves a second chance. Harry touched his forehead. He felt something he had never felt before. Emptiness. He was missing his scar. Um, which in in the real book, is it Fred or George that dies? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. Hold on. George Weasley. Okay, the autofill said George Weasley is Willy Wonka. Nope. Did Fred or George die? Fred died. Oh, okay. Because I, when everyone was standing around in this one, and it specifically called out that George was dead, but turned out not to be, and Moody wasn't there, I was like, did they predict the deaths? They, they almost they did. They got close. They got close. They got, they got, let's see, all of the order except Mad-Eye. So Mad-Eye they got. Mm-hmm. Shacklebolt, I believe Kingsley dies. Maybe, maybe he doesn't. I have no idea. Oh, that's right. He was minister before it was retconned to be Hermione. So they didn't get that one right. Mm. Okay. So Kingsley survives. So they didn't get that. 
Uh, I Mundungus, I don't know if we know. George, they got close. The other one died. Bellatrix yeah. died. Uh, Sirius obviously already dead. Now the twist here being Barty Crouch Jr. walked up to Dumbledore and said truce. That I'm very interested in. <laughs> right. Let's talk about that. Yeah. What happened to Barty Crouch Jr. in the real books? I mean, he was hauled off to Azkaban, I think. There, but there was an Azkaban break. Right. Like everyone got out, but he doesn't come back. Does no, he? I, I don't think we ever see him again. <laughs> Did J.K. Rowling forget that? The coolest that fake villain Moody was Barty Crouch Jr. Because I'm, I think that that <laughs> might be the case, considering that that real Moody is treated as if he were fake Moody the whole time. Yeah. Hey, what if at the diner shooter scene it had been like Bellatrix and Barty Crouch Jr.? Oh, Where did shit. that guy go? Yeah, but let me. He would be a scary character to bring back. He's the coolest villain the series ever had. Yeah. So I really support this person bringing back Barty Crouch Jr. Okay, it says, Shortly afterwards, his identity was exposed, and Crouch was given the Dementor's kiss by a Dementor that Cornelius Fudge had brought along with him. But when did we find that out? Was that at the beginning of book six that we found that? Is that something he told the Prime Minister? Harry escaped the graveyard and returned to Hogwarts, blah, blah, blah. Before he could testimony to the to the Zengama. Oh, but, I do remember that a little bit because there was some sort of testimony that he was going to give, and he could and Dumbledore was like, "You fool!" Yeah. Oh yes, that's all the end of that's all crammed in at the very end of book four. Okay, that's so sad. I like yeah, I like should have should have kept him hanging around. Cool villain. Mrs. Weasley was angry, very angry that she punished Harry, a fully grown wizard. Harry, of course, angry at her, walked away. After all he has done, she treated him like a little boy. All that remained was Ron's scar. What? This, does this, I think this reader has some unresolved anger at Mrs. Weasley here. I guess so. I like this one. Yeah. After all he had done, she treated him like a little boy. He walked away. What did? What happened? What did he do? Did he kill Voldemort and then go to the burrow and was like, "The couch is mine now. I'm I'm crashing here. Why is Why is Molly mad at him?" I I really um I like the idea of someone writing an ending from the book and it's like, well, they didn't write the rest of the book, so it's like up to it's up to <laughs> it's up to the book to to see how we got here. To They're not going there, to explain yeah. it. The, the all the ones that imply a really interesting book before the final chapter that they've written here are are fascinating to me. I feel like a bunch of these just have to be referencing theories or in jokes or like personal ideas that are just like lost to time. Mm-hmm. Maybe like maybe there was some th- maybe I I I don't know like maybe there was some like fandom anger at mrs weasley or something that this is referencing but like as is on its own it's just kind of surreal that like yeah i mean i guess there's that scene in order the phoenix with molly and sirius fighting and i guess if you're like a kid reading that you're like oh sirius is right harry should be treated like an adult so maybe it's some like lingering resentment from that (laughs) why is she always telling him what to do i'm the boy i am the boy (laughs) And finally, both the Lord of Dark and the mm. boy who lived were face to face. I love that. The Lord of Dark. Mm-hmm. 
Harry was injured, tired, his legs paralyzed, and his scar drilling his head, but he was boiling <laughs> inside and yelled, You're nothing but a murderer. Somebody will kill you. <laughs> Don't be such a stupid boy, Botter, shouted Voldemort. <laughs> I know what you and your little friends have done with my horcruxes, but no matter, I'm still much more powerful than any wizard, Crucio. Oh, no. At that point, Harry started to feel so much pain as never before. Screaming almost to tears, he thought he would be like Neville's father's. When suddenly, the pain stopped steeply. He could see Voldemort's wand fluing off his hand, and with mm. a lot of effort, stand up on the stage and shout, Asio wand, at the same time that Voldemort, wandless, tried to intercept Harry's wand with his own hand, but he couldn't. All he could hear was Avada Kedavra twice from two different wizards and then fell into the stage completely, completely deaf as he always feared. It was the end. Finally, the magical world was free again. There will be fireworks, witches and wizards happily celebrating the second fall of the evilness. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't feel nothing but sadness sitting beside Snape and crying right over his dead body, a body with a forehead <laughs> oh, no. marked with a familiar scar. Wait, what? Okay, lots to unpack here. Yeah, I love the beginning part. I love the description of him boiling inside. And also his like, legs not working. And also the scar drilling into his, his head. head. I like the imagery there. A Voldemort has a clear message for him. He says, don't be such a stupid boy. I know what you and your little friends have done with my horcruxes. That's pretty <laughs> good. I think what's happening here, it says stage. I, I love that, by the way. The idea of them having their duel on a stage, literally, that's a great that's a great idea. I well the thing he fell into the stage completely death as he always feared. Mm -hmm. I think this is the veil. I think they're in the Department oh. of Mysteries. Because I think what is happening at the very end here, where it says Sitting beside Snape and crying over his own dead body, a body with a forehead marked with a scar. I did Harry fall through the veil and then ch start chilling with Snape, who was also dead in this scenario. I th I think that might be what's happening here. Maybe because the username, this 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 post, is made by Go Snape Go. Hmm. So maybe maybe Snape got redeemed in the end, and then him and Harry chill in the afterlife. That's that's not too bad. Yeah, that's not that's not the worst ending. It it made it sound to me like Snape had a scar, like Snape had an identical scar to Harry, but maybe I misunderstood. Oh uh, no, I think Harry is a ghost looking at his physical body. I think, oh, okay. I think. I. I couldn't tell you for sure, but I think that's the way I'm supposed to interpret this. He like fell through the veil, he died, and then he sees his body, but he's a ghost and he has the scar. Mm-hmm. He's waking up. Harry opened his eyes and stared into his Uncle Vernon's eyes. Voldemort, where is he? cried Harry, trying and failing to lift himself out of his bed. He's gonna kill Ron and Hermione. Volda who? grunted Uncle Vernon. Brilliant. The car crash has addled his brain, Petunia. Where no. am I? Mumbled Harry angrily. Where are you? A quick fill-in, then, said Vernon. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of June. You're in hospital, and you've woken up from a seven-year coma. Ah, oh, crap. But Voldemort, 
Not this rubbish again. Look, you're 17 years old, and when you were 10, you went into a coma after you were hit by a car. Give me a mirror, cried Harry. Aunt Petunia handed him one, muttering how she had preferred him in a coma. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. He stared at his forehead, and the reality dawned on him. None of it had been real. He no longer had the lightning-shaped scar. Huh. People love to go for this. I don't know why. People love this one. I mean, I think this is the same as like a lot of the ones we read where it's like, I I, I empathize with the desire for a twist, right? Um, sure. This is a really stupid one. I will say, I think that out of all of the stupid, it was all a, it was all a dream, it was a coma, whatever theories... I like the panache this one has. Oh, sure. I like I like having the Dursleys be there to 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 like bitch about it. I think that's cute. Yeah. I, I like Petunia muttering that she preferred Harry in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very nice. That's not very nice, but it is a good it is a good Dursley zinger. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that on like the top of the heap. Uh, of that particular bad idea is what I would say. Ah, Harry sighed. The hot sun beamed down on Ron, Hermione, and Harry as they walked out of Honeydukes. You know, I think that this is the only quiet year we had at Hogwarts, said Harry. (laughs) Yeah, said Ron. Maybe we should get back to the dorms and get back to some studying. Blimey, Harry, I think I'm turning into Hermione. Oh, shut up, Ron, Hermione said. Suddenly, they heard a shout. It's the Dark Mark. Everybody run. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody started running away from Hogwarts while Harry, Ron, and Hermione started darting towards the castle. Come on, we have to see what Malfoy's done now, Harry yelled. How do you know it's me, Potter, said a cold, cruel Malfoyish voice. So it was you. Who'd you kill, Ron asked. (laughs) Why should I tell you? Your stupid order has suffered a lot from it anyway. It's fine, Draco. Tell them who died at the sight of us. Lucius came out of nowhere. It was that Lupin, Moody, the Charlie Weasley, that Tonks person, and three others, Malfoy sneered. Jesus. Wow, damn. (laughs) It kind of went off. (laughs) Father and son just taking down... (laughs) <laughs> the the titans of the order in this scenario. Uh, who, Harry, Ron, and Hermione shouted all at once? See for yourself. Malfoy gestured his hand toward the Gryffindor common room. The, okay, the scale of what's <laughs> happening here. They're in Honeydukes. They run toward the castle. They they find the Malfoys. Yeah. And I, I guess they're in the common room now. Uh-huh. Uh, there lay three bodies of the few people that Harry trusted the most, other than Ron and Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> Neville, Luna, and Ginny. Yes, Potter, I had a choice, you see, said a cold voice. I only wanted Neville and the redhead, but Greyback had a hungry feeling in himself, so I let him eat the love good girl. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he eats this kids is, and he's here. This is brutal. And now, Potter, the time has come. That is your end, Avada Kedavra, the cold voice of Voldemort shouted. There was a green flash of light, and Hermione suddenly felt that she was squeezing no one's arm. Wait, uh, did he disappear? Harry had gone, disappeared, never to come back to the face of the earth. 
Everyone, even Malfoy, had an empty part in their heart gone with Harry. But with all this sorrow, no one noticed that not only one person had disappeared, but two. Lord Voldemort the Dark Lord had gone with Harry Potter. But what Malfoy felt was that he should respect the Dark Lord and follow in his footsteps. And Ron felt that he should respect his best mate, the one who helped him through hard times, and become the next Harry Potter, or maybe just Ron Weasley. And that night, when Ron and Malfoy were safely in their homes, in bed, lying awake, <laughs> the only word they kept on saying in their mind was, Scar, Scar, Scar. What? <laughs> this is the best one yet. This is a tour de force. Holy crap. Holy That's shit. More <laughs> more happened in those like three paragraphs than it is ever like going to happen in this entire book they're oh, piecing i need to piece this together yeah so they're in honeydukes yep it says that this is the only quiet year we've had at hogwarts which, <gasps> which because this is, is an incredible <laughs> just implying that every other chapter up until this point nothing happened if if the if book seven came out and it was as long as it is now, except the entire thing was just like slice of life school novel. Yeah. Where they go around and they're like, weird, nothing's happened. I guess Voldemort's <laughs> not up to anything. <laughs> guess we should study. Guess we should f- focus on, on our schooling this year. <laughs> And then it just ends with those last, like, three paragraphs. The end. So, there are two sets of separate murders here. Mm-hmm. Because as they're running up to the castle, Draco and Lucius tell them that they have killed <laughs> Lupin, Moody, Charlie Weasley, Tonks, and three others. And then the three That's others... That's the whole order. The three others were murdered by Voldemort, and I guess also Greyback. Uh-huh. In the common room. Right. This is quite a body count to rack up in the <laughs> final paragraph of the story. <laughs> Which, to be fair, honestly, isn't that far off from the way that the body count shakes out in the real real book. Right, I yeah. feel like the real scene that we get of them walking through the Great Hall and seeing all the dead bodies is really not far off from this part here. No. But then... This final part is what I'm really trying to piece together. The final showdown. So Harry and Voldemort both disappear. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. then, so I, I, I guess, like, like it, it implies that, like, oh, the story will continue and it's going to be Malfoy versus Ron. <laughs> which is not, kind of a cool idea, I think. Like, oh, Harry fails, but also Voldemort's gone, so maybe it becomes like, oh, the 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 conflict is passed down to the next generation of of warriors here. But then also this this implies cuz it says they in their beds that night, their separate beds, they were thinking Scar, 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 which I don't, I'm not even going to touch that. I can't, I can't even begin to parse what that's implying. But what the part that I do know is implied here is Uh that after they walked in on this grisly mass murder scene. Right. And saw Harry Potter (laughs) and Voldemort disappear. They just went home. (laughs) 
Yeah, until next time. We have to continue to wage this eternal war um, that will go on until the sun burns out and we all perish. <laughs> but we're going to pick it up later. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I love it. I really love it. Where'd they go? Why did they disappear? Yeah, I... Are, well, maybe... Maybe this is hoping for like a this is wishful thinking. They're hoping for a book eight that features Malfoy and Ron duking it out in the mortal plane. I and, mean, me too now. Yeah, but then maybe Harry and Voldemort are are having like a cosmic fight in the afterlife, perhaps. Uh-huh. What do you think of the line? I'm the I'm the new <laughs> new Harry Potter. Because yeah, there is some like precedent. There's some precedent for like in like genre fiction, the idea that like there's always a dark lord, right? Like yeah. you can't and, and like some of that is into like you can't destroy evil, right? Mm-hmm. Evil will always rise yeah. in in that same place. And yeah. it, it's gonna take different forms and be a different person, but there's always going to be, you know, a dark lord or mm-hmm. whatever. But there will always be... He's like, I'm the new Harry Potter. Yeah, it's very literal. Uh-huh. Malfoy felt was that he should respect the Dark Lord and follow in his footsteps. That makes sense right. to me. That's like rule of two, right? Like, Yeah. That's some Sith stuff, for sure. Ron felt he should respect his best mate, the one who helped him through hard times, and become the next Harry Potter. <laughs> like, I continue in the Star Wars thing. Is that like um, Harry was like the Jedi master and Ron was his apprentice. (laughs) This is Obi-Wan agreeing to, okay, I guess I will. I guess I will train the boy. I am the boy. I am the boy. Oh my God. I mean, they also disappear, which is, is very star Wars. Like they're disappearing. Oh (laughs) yeah. They're on the ground. It's like, okay. If, if this, the scene in a new hope where Obi-Wan gets touched by the lightsaber and just disappears, (laughs) but they both touch each other and disappear. disappeared too. Fall down at the same time. <laughs> oh, I like this one a lot. It's this very um, surrealist. One. I yeah. enjoy it a lot. I like the ending. Again, can't parse that. Not sure what. Not sure if if the implication is like there's the the power, like the rule of two, and like the rise of e- good and evil yeah. is like tied to the scar for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, good ideas here. I love that one. That's that's going in the in the Hall of Fame for sure. Mm-hmm. Voldemort coldly observed the body of Harry Potter through his snake-like eyes. He was amused by the boy's pallid appearance. Dumbledore chuckled coldly over his shoulder. Tom, my old friend, I knew he would succeed one day. Voldemort laughed. Yes, with you as my ally, we could never fail. Suddenly, a flash of red light behind them startled them as both their wands flew from their hands. They turned around to see Neville Longbottom pointing his wand, his face contorted into an expression of anger and disbelief. How could you? You were the headmaster. We trusted you, and I saw your body. You were dead. Dumbledore smiled, an expression of pure evil on his face. Tom's not the only one with horcruxes, boy. Neville glared and started to make a gesture with his wand when his eyes glazed over and he fell to the floor, bleeding profusely from two neck wounds from Nagini. Oh, no. Voldemort surveyed the body. The bite had left a new scar. That's the end? Bad end. That's the end. end. Bad end. Um, 
I don't have a great connection to Neville as a character, so the Neville thing doesn't really do much for me. But, again, like you said, the, like, yearning for a twist. Having, yeah. having I mean, and obviously Evil Dumbledore, that's our bag anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. totally into that. Maybe I'm reading too much into this one, but I think this this one actually has a really genius connection in it. Mm. Um, I like the evil Dumbledore here is I, I think that the the way that they are having evil Dumbledore call Voldemort Tom, mm. I think that maybe there's they they took Voldemort calling Tom. Or, or a Dumbledore calling Voldemort Tom in like book five and, and six whenever they're in flashbacks and whenever they're fighting. I think maybe they took that as like a clue. That oh, like they're on first like name basis with each other. Familiarity, like I'm I'm your buddy. Yeah. Which is, you know, the opposite of what's intended there, but I like that. I like that th- that's something that I think could be spun into a fun twist there. Yeah, I think that's really cute. I also I know that JK Rowling hates the theory of Dumbledore having horcruxes, like has called has, has specifically called it out and says that it is is very disturbing. Yeah. Um I definitely like it because I like evil Dumbledore but also because it makes Dumbledore's like stupid mission for Harry of like finding Slughorn's memory make a lot more sense like if Dumbledore was evil and had horcruxes like of course he'd give Harry the runaround on this. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah you go figure out what horcruxes are, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know. I've, I think that could I've, be scary. There's so much potential for evil Dumbledore. I'm glad we're. I'm glad there are some evil Dumbledore endings here. Mm-hmm. Um, Severus Snape shouted Avada Kedavra, and Wormtail fell to the ground, squealing like a rat. Out of the Forbidden Forest, Harry and Draco shouted, "No!" What? Withdrawing his wand, Draco exclaimed, "I love him. He was my godfather." Wormtail? Wormtail. Okay. It's some parallels between Harry and Draco. Interesting. Here. Okay. He betrayed us all by kissing Bellatrix. She was the love of his life, Snape <laughs> explained. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Harry then said, I loved him too. He saved Ginny from the giant squid. Harry and Draco both raised their wands, and Snape lay there dead with only the mark of a scar. I guess Voldemort just didn't show up for book seven in this one (laughs) i love this one because about halfway through i was like is this a joke one is this a is this like a goofy one but i think this is earnest i i I think they're proposing some earnest twists here um i support it i support the wormtail redemption arc that's not one that you see very often yeah i specifically like like i said the parrot like the the very on the nose parallels with like, oh, he was my godfather. Dra- Draco having a godfather, and Harry, Harry and him sharing that that loss is uh is a cute idea. I think. Yeah. It's very, very Batman versus Superman. Why did you say godfather? <laughs> I'm sad that Snape had to die though. Yeah, but it's cool that he gets to be the big bad. I guess. Yeah. yeah. If anything. No, I like that a lot, especially because I think that these books just like completely drop the ball on Wormtail anyway. I also like the vision of this very small stakes drama story that book seven could have been. Bellatrix being uh, the love of, of Wormtail's life is very interesting to me, too. Mm-hmm. She never we never see. I don't think we ever see them in like the same room. 
I assume that they're at like the the Voldemort war room meetings together, but I don't think they ever interact. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I've got uh, uh, two more for you here, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I've got some more Snape content for you. Great. I, th- I think I think you'll like these. I, I, in fact, I think I want you to choose between, like, if you had to pick one of these as a canon ending, which one it would be. Sure. Harry clutched madly at Riddle's wrist as the ashes of his wand fell away. It's over, Tom, Harry shouted. You can't get away, not this time. Lightning fast, something small and brown and glinting of silver scampered up Riddle's robes. He howled in pain, and Harry suddenly felt as though he was being pulled in three directions at once. The eerie light of the hallows was replaced with a dingy incandescence, and Harry took in one of the most bizarre scenes of his life. Okay, first of all, major kudos to this person for emulating JK's writing style yeah, to a Yeah, I was going to say, that's really impressive. Yeah, they've, they've got her style on lock here. Mm-hmm. They had apparated into a dark, dusty room lined with bookshelves. Tom Riddle was still howling, his free hand a mass of blood. A few feet away on the frayed carpet, a rat was scampering frantically, trying to find a hidden corner of the room to escape to. And, sitting in an ancient, dusty armchair, was a figure half-obscured by shadow. Wormtail, the figure said. You redirected their apparition. I'm impressed. It seems you can do something right after all. The rat vanished behind the bookcase, whimpering slightly. Riddle lunged towards the man, twisted in Harry's grasp, and stumbled. This is the heir of Slytherin, then, the man in the chair sneered. The great Dark Lord, a broken old man, beaten by a rodent and a 17-year-old boy. Severus, Riddle hissed. Please. Pathetic, Tom, the man said, just like Dumbledore. Pathetic. There was a flash of green light, and Riddle went limp. Severus Snape, Harry asked, numbly. This was too much. Yes, Potter, Professor Snape. The man said, rising from his chair. Now get out of my house, Potter, unless you want me to prove that the dark arts can cause wounds much deeper and permanent than that scar. Holy shit. I don't even need to hear the other one. That was... That's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. I don't even know whose side Snape is on in this, and I don't really care. Huge, huge props to whoever wrote this. This is amazing. This is a really good, like I said, completely nails J.K. Rowling's writing style. Uh, and then this this vision of of Voldemort or of of Snape. Okay, I mm, there's so much here. This is clearly building on um, Book Six's uh, uh, Wormtail being at Snape's little house thing. Yeah, the Snape Wormtail team up that yeah. has so much potential. Totally. I mean, I like that, too, because because like Wormtail is teased as being like, you know, he's like watching Snape. That's his like whole deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And Snape being a double crosser, also having a guy in his employ who is also a double crosser for him is so good. That's that's some powerful, dumb spy ah, movie shit. And they're just like complete opposites. And to have them unite under the common goal of just double crossing everyone is just way too perfect. This is such, such a good idea. I love it. I am amazed. I I, I can't, like I said, I can't quite figure out like, is this, is this Snape revealing that he 
is like he's he was on the good side all along and he owned Voldemort and this was like the end of his very long game or is this him assuming the new mantle of Dark Lord and killing Voldemort and then just giving Harry a head start I'm not sure but either way it's great I love I I I think I think there are like two really good options here one is yeah he's the new Dark Lord and he's gonna do it right and that's Mm -hmm. cool or he's like neutral dark magic user which we never get to see in this series yeah 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 he just doesn't like voldemort it's extremely badass actually he rocks this this is a great one i love this one (laughs) all right we have another we have another path for snape here in in this last one Mm -hmm. the wizarding duel was over harry potter had defeated lord voldemort voldemort was on his knees a broken old man his horcrux was destroyed, leaving the small amount of soul in his body. His humiliation was unbearable, not only by Harry Potter's defeat of him in front of the remaining Death Eaters, but by the fact that Harry Potter wouldn't kill him. Potter's words, Voldemort, I will not forget what you have done, but I won't be your executioner. I'll let the Ministry of Magic and Azkaban punish you. I will not allow poison to hatred or hatred to poison my soul. I forgive you. Mm-hmm. With those words, Harry Potter walked away. Voldemort considered his options. He could try to provoke Potter, but the boy and his friends would surely disarm him in his weakened state. He could allow the Ministry to arrest him and imprison him at Azkaban, where he would be caged and become a laughingstock. There was one last option. Drawing on his last remaining strength, he picked up another wizard's wand from the ground, pointed it at himself, and yelled Avada Kedavra. With those words, Tom Riddle died. Later at Hogwarts, Harry Potter was talking to Headmistress McGonagall. (laughs) All right. Uh, Harry, there is no need to finish school. You certainly know more than we could ever teach you. (laughs) (laughs) This may be true, McGonagall, but we, Ron, Hermione, and I would like to come back. McGonagall paused for a moment and replied, I'll make the arrangements. You can return in the fall. Oh, by the way, Professor Snape would like to give you something. Snape walked into the room (laughs) holding a jar. (laughs) Harry decided he liked this redeemed Snape. Oh, me too. Harry decided he liked this redeemed Snape, this Snape who finally outgrew his anger over James Potter and the other's tauntings. Could it be that Snape was less greasy than usual? Potter, I created the formula for this ointment for Professor Dumbledore. Please accept this ointment as a gift. Thank you. What will it do, (laughs) Professor Snape? Potter asked, remembering Dumbledore's insistence on manners and courtesy. Dumbledore never used it since he felt scars could be useful. Rub it on your forehead every day for a month. The boy who lived, the chosen one who defeated Lord (laughs) Voldemort, the one who taught me the power of love and forgiveness will no longer have a scar. Okay, these are the two paths of Snape fanfiction. Yeah. 100%. And it's like, one path is that he is like, retains like some amount of his like character and is like clearly like, does like dark magic stuff and is like, probably like a little bit evil. Mm-hmm. And not very nice, but gets to like do cool badass stuff, like yeah. be the next Dark Lord or like kill people and and be cool. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is this, where it's like Snape is redeemed. Also, he washed his hair and is nice now. Not ha- not hating. I'm not I'm not hating on that. If that's your jam, that's cool. But I'll take Dark Lord Snape, please. Dark Lord Snape is way cooler for sure. But I mm-hmm. do the the. I think the line Harry liked this redeemed Snape <laughs> is really funny to me. <laughs> Please accept this ointment. 
as a gift. Thank you. What does it do? <laughs> Just really good dialogue in this one. <laughs> I'm getting to like this redeemed Snape. He br- brings me ointment. <laughs> I like. Lo- yeah, I love this redeemed. This redeemed Snape. Also, his little Snape's little soliloquy at the end here. Mm. Rub it on your forehead every day, the boy who lived, the chosen one who defeated the Dark Lord, the one who taught me the power of love and forgiveness. You will no longer have a scar. Does he say that every time he talks to Harry? <laughs> is that Harry's full title now? Is Snape is Snape his retainer? And 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 you know, every time every time he addresses him, he must say, The boy who lived, the chosen one who defeated Lord Voldemort, the one who taught me the power of love and forgiveness. I mean, that's got some like um kind of kind of comedy potential for sure like a a, like bonus bonus book after Voldemort's uh gone where Harry goes back to school and has like a normal it's like a normal school life thing but it's like haha because I defeated Voldemort Snape has to call me by my full title that's like a running joke (laughs) it's like an extended version of the there's no need to call me sir professor exactly and then Snape says you're absolutely right the boy who lived the chosen one who defeated Lord Voldemort the one who taught me the power of love and forgiveness yeah <laughs> beautiful oh these are so good i'm so glad we have so many of these i'm excited if we get i, I want to know if we get any revised ones of ones we recognize yeah like maybe they'll, maybe they'll change you know update it their their endings with uh with that that knowledge do you think anyone's gonna nail the actual like last phrase because i think all is well or all was well is a pretty easy thing to land on yeah. So I wonder if anyone will get it. You could, I mean, honestly, you could tag all was well onto a lot of these already. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I wonder if someone, if we, I'll be on the lookout, if we find someone who gets it word for word, that'd be fantastic. Cause there's only so many ways you can end a sentence in well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think like, all like, is all was well is going to be a, like an easy one to arrive at. Yeah. I feel like it's we're going to get a lot of those, and we might get a lot of, he was doing well. <laughs> Which is more or less the same sentiment. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to get to those ones. Here are the three that I'm looking out for. One, nailing, mm. nailing the, right, the right ending phrase. Two, Harry dropped his wand down a well. And three, Harry said, oh well. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Or I wonder, oh, you know, you know, one that I, I'm going to throw my prediction down. Okay. I think that some of them will end with Harry being prompted to like, tell, tell me the story of when you defeated the Dark Lord. Oh, that's and such a good one. it starts with, well, dot, 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 and that's the end. Ah, uh, you're a genius. I think that I think thank you. I think I think that might be one we could see. Those are the one, those are the big <laughs> ones we're going to be looking out for. All right. So let's keep that in mind. But for now, we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp. And you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. We got lots and lots of bonus content there for you. We've got visual novel talk. We've got john green novel talk we've got the other green guy talk got lots and lots of lots of stuff for you there off the low low price of three dollars a month and liz what are we reading next week we're reading chapter 10 um it's called creature's tale mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh. now okay creature content. question yeah creature content is it creature's tale 
like a story or is it creature's tale and it's a pun? It is T-A-L-E. Okay. Okay. So no pun. What was the other? Was there one, another chapter that was called like House Elf Tales? Elf Tales. Elf Tales. Yeah. Kind of, kind of dipping back into that, into that well, huh? <laughs> she's, she's reusing chapter titles now. Unbelievable. <laughs> Nonetheless, I am excited for creature content. Yeah. Uh, she could have called it Creature Comforts. Oh, that would have been cute. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as exciting as the prospect of more creature content is, please read another book. Please read another book. But there's a lady there makes ocean roll seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch a ride. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.